Welcome to Game Face, episode 194 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. You have come across the most informative game pos- gaming podcast in the world, and I'm Shane Satterfield. Alongside me, Matt Kyle. Yep. <laughs> it can is, confirm. Yeah, can confirm. Uh, we are wrapping up 2019 today on the show. We have one more episode of Game Face to go before the end of the year. Uh, but that entire episode is taken up with our Game of the Year awards and our recap of the Game Awards. Uh, if you guys have been subscribers or patrons for the last couple of years, you know that that's generally how it goes. So uh, we're going to wrap things up on this week's episode. going to talk about some looking back at the year a little bit in games. Uh, we're going to talk about the PlayStation's 25th anniversary, which is really hard to believe. We do have one game to talk about today that was inspired mm-hmm. by last week's episode. Um, yeah, we're going to have a great episode for you guys today. We have a couple things to wrap up. First of all, we're going to have two different giveaways at the end of the show today. Uh, you have to stick around until after the trailer of the week, and we're going to do the giveaway during our chat. So if you can, stick around for that. Uh, we also have two We have uh, two different fantasy leagues to yeah. wrap up today. Um well, not one isn't going to be completely wrapped up, uh, but one already had actually one wrapped up a while ago. The other one is our real fantasy football league that's been going on at Sifted. We give you guys an update on that. Um, but the first thing is Matt and I's video game fantasy league. But before we get to that, I want to mention one note, um, and that is Patreon rewards. If you've been a patron throughout the entire year and you do not or have not received. Uh, the rewards that you're supposed to get. So maybe you were a part of our sticker shock tier, which I think is $15 for a month or two, and now you're not. Or maybe you're a part of our sifted t-shirt tier, and now you're not. Uh, The reward stuff on Patreon is terrible. Like it is, it doesn't alert me when I need to send stuff out to people. I literally every month have to go through the list of hundreds of patrons and look at each one manually and figure out when did they subscribe? Did they hit, did they pledge enough to get it's insane so it is very likely that someone may or may not have slipped through the cracks with our patreon rewards and we want to get everything cleaned up before the end of the year so if you're a patron and you have not received either one of those rewards that you're supposed to get at some point in time reach out to us on patreon you can just send us a dm on patreon and let us know or you can dm me on sifted at shane and we'll get those out to you right away. And I do, I want to apologize if you have earned these rewards and you haven't got them. It's really impossible to make. I don't know how the Patreons with tens of thousands of people do it. I, I really don't. Um, you know, we have hundreds and it's hard to manage because Patreon just doesn't provide the tools to do it. So again, if you're like, whoa, what's up? I never got this stuff. Just message us and we'll get it out to you immediately. I've got a lot of stuff to wrap up in the next like 10 days. It's going to be crazy. So send me those DMs. Now, let's get to our fantasy leagues. We're going to start off with the video game fantasy league. Uh, We draft that every year in the first, usually the first episode of the year. And we'll be doing that again here in about a month or so. Um, And for those of you who maybe don't know how we do it or what we're doing, um, basically Matt and I take turns picking games. 
And we picked 10 games. This year, we picked 10 games and two alternates. The first couple years, we didn't have alternates. Mm -hmm. And if a game ended up being delayed out of the year, you'd just get a zero for that game. And how it works is we go to Metacritic. We figure out what the Metacritic uh, average was for each game. We add all those up. And whoever has the most points at the end of the year wins the league. Um, And then this year, we instituted two substitutes. So if two games were delayed out, you could swap those in with your alternates. And that still was not enough for me. <laughs> uh, okay, Jared, let's... Well, br- at least you're going to get the best pick next year, <laughs> which is the most obvious first pick in the history of this league. I yeah, think. for sure. Uh, Jared, bring up the results of the Sifted 2019 Video Game Fantasy League. So, let's see. Let's go through it. First of all, Matt, now that you're kind of looking at this, are there any games of these 22 that you look at and either the score is way higher than you thought, or it's way lower than you thought? I mean, Anthem is much lower than I thought yeah. it would be. Uh, Rage 2 is a little lower than I thought it would be. I thought I'd be getting at least like an 80 in there. Um, me too, honestly. And, and, and uh, based yeah. upon what I played, it, it to me it's higher than a 67. But And I still don't understand why Youngblood got dinged as hard as it did. Yeah, it got beat up pretty good. I think that Fire Emblem score might be a little high. What, 89? 89, yeah. Mm. I like that game. Quite I mean, a lot. I liked it too. I played it for sixty hours, but that's a really. I mean, look. For, I think what strikes me the most: there is one game that scored a ninety or higher. Mm-hmm. One, and it was a remake of a game that's like fifty. And it, years and it came old. out in January. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what kind of hit me the, the most when I was kind of getting all this data mm-hmm. and putting it into this. I mean, honestly, image. the most shocking thing on that list is that Doom Eternal didn't come out. Yeah, or or, or or Animal Crossing, really. Uh, if you recall, I was like, mm, when you picked that. Yeah, uh, but I don't know why. Like, there's no evidence that supports that Animal Crossing won't come out, but Pokemon will. I mean... Because it, Pokemon is a, is an anchor for that whole thing, and we knew that that's where they were. But Animal Crossing... They just hadn't been explicit enough about Animal Crossing. Well, they hadn't really shown much of it. No. Yeah. Like, it just... And Animal Crossing, as we know, is something Nintendo will gladly bore you with for many, many, many minutes. Yeah. So, I, I just... It just felt like... We hadn't suffered enough for Animal Crossing to be coming out this year. Yep. So I lost three games. I lost Animal Crossing Switch. I lost Doom Eternal. And I lost Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So I did not have three alternates to replace Mm -hmm. all my games. I only had two. I mean, it's crazy that Doom didn't make it. It is. It's nuts. And the the, the crazy part is is that both Doom and Animal Crossing are coming out like at the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. next year. So... They were close to done. I don't know why they were moved out, but it basically crushed me because I only had two alternates and I had three holes. Uh, so I only ended up having nine games counting towards the total. Uh, your only game that you missed was Dreams, which was the release date for that was just announced today. Uh, so you got a zero there, but then you swapped in uh, Team Sonic Racing, which had a 72. So you got all 10 of yours for a grand total of 788 points. Now, you may not think that means much, but last year, Matt, you had 715. Hmm. So you did far better this year compared to last year. Imagine if Anthem had been good. Right. Uh, My total ended up being 715, basically what you had last year. And I think maybe you were a game short last year. Yeah, I think I lost lost the game. And I obviously, I have been every year. I've never had a full 10 games count in our fantasy league. Because you you won last year, right? I did, Yeah. yeah. But we both kind of limped across the finish line. Uh, so I finished with 7.15. Matt wins again. Once again, the champion of the Sifted Video Game Fantasy League. That's what, three out of four for you, I think? Yep. I think that's right. Um, and then we always do like an average to see whose games actually kind of had a higher average. Uh, Matt's average game scored a 78. 
my average game score to 79, and it was like one one-hundredth of a percent to round up to 80 or whatever. So I beat you in the percentage, but that's not what matters. It, the total at the end of the season is what ultimately matters. So Matt is the winner. Congratulations, my friend. Another great job. I suck at this so bad. <laughs> like, I, I am the worst at figuring out if a game is going to yeah. come out or not. You I gotta, just am. You got to start listening to me. Like the, I guess. I mean, we went around and around on Ori and the Will of the Wisp thing, and I'm just like, mm-mm. Like, no, and you're like, it's been four years. I'm like, yeah. I don't care how long it's been. That game's not coming out yet. Like, yeah. I mean, I was cheating a little bit because I ran into somebody who was working on it slightly at a Christmas party. That helps. And, and I was like, oh, is it gonna be? it's like, oh, it's... It's coming. I'm just uh, like, oh, that's not coming out next year. That's not, no, we're not. That hey, happy. that's all fair, man. Your yeah. private intel that you have, I'm totally cool with that. You can use that to your advantage. I, I'm totally fine with it. So congratulations once again, man. I, at least I've won once. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow, some way. Yeah, I don't remember what happened last year. Um, anything else? Bring that sheet back up real quick. Anything else that shocks you from this rundown of kind of the biggest games of, of 2019? I mean, not really. I mean, part of me is a little shocked that, you know, we left Fire Emblem that long. Because Fire Emblem does always go pretty well. I, sh- I should stop trying to be creative with shit like Rage 2 and Dreams and just pick NBA 2K. Yeah, I mean, I'm... What I'm did all- NBA 2K get, get this year? It didn't. It scored like an 80 or something. It's still it, better than 67. Yeah, I mean, looking at our alternates even. Yeah, the alternate... I thought Team Sonic Racing... I should have put Ace Combat 7 first. I mean, my alternate scored better than one of my... Actually, scored better than a couple yeah. of my main games... And I thought that those were like, oh, so if I get a 70, I'm happy. And that's kind of what I ended up getting from those. Um, yeah, I guess this was just the year that uh, game critics got tired of the open world shooter. It seems that way, for sure. Yeah, I mean, all of them. Like, the Division 2, all of them ended up scoring, mm-hmm. like, way lower than they normally do. Um, Metro Exodus at 81. I, For some reason, I didn't remember it scoring that high, but it did. Yeah, and Anthem, is, I mean. Oh, what about Pokemon Sword and Shield at an 80? that good or bad i mean that's shockingly low yeah well i mean i think the controversy around it and the the, the decks you know, decks it as they say yeah like it it damaged it just because it was like it was like oh it's not everything i ever wanted from a console pokemon i mean it had more pokemon in it than any other game ever did it had 400 just, damn pokemon <clears throat> in it what do you i'm want? just about ready to finish it actually that's what i've been doing over the last week is trying to finish mm-hmm. up games for next week for our game of the year stuff i have all the badges but i haven't gone further than that that's exactly where i am i've finished all my badges and mm-hmm. i'm ready to finish off the game and then i'm also about to finish off uh fallen order star wars jedi fallen right. order so those Finish are that. two, two I, games I have to get I'll tell done. you what I did do is I went back and I got the Platinum finally in uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, you did? Yeah. I finished up the last couple of stupid human tricks they wanted me to do <laughs> to get that last, that last trophy. And I might, I, might, I might New Game Plus that sucker now. Uh-oh. Ultra hard. I mean, it's not like there's a whole lot coming out right now. No, it's really dry. But it's also dry. I look around at all the stuff I haven't finished or I haven't even played. But it's like, who has time? Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Matt crowned the champ once again, much to my chagrin. Um, better luck to me next year, I guess. It's so funny because every time I've lost to you, I'm always like, next year I'm going to be really conservative. And I was this mm-hmm. year. Like, this was me being conservative. Like, I thought these were just dyed in the wool, definitely coming out. No. no I, seven out of ten only came I out. I was certain that Animal Crossing and Ori were bad picks. Well, you but, definitely knew Ori was a bad but, pick. But uh, I hadn't, I mean... I would never ever have called Doom not yeah. coming out. This that was year. that's probably the biggest shocker of the three. 
So anyway, there you go. Give Matt a round of applause. He is the champ. So if Doom had come out and gotten like a 90, what would that have done? I would have probably won. You would have won that? Yeah. If any, I think if any of those three games would have come out, I probably would have won. Mm-hmm. It was that close. But yeah, because you well, 715 to 788, you only needed like a 70. A 70-something, yeah. But that's the way it freaking goes. In fact, if those three games came out, I may have like set a new record in our video yeah. game fantasy league. But they didn't, and I didn't. Uh, okay, next we're going to talk about, and I'm going to do this yeah. briefly. It's a combination of Doom and the Shocker that I still won, even with Anthem on my team. Yeah, for sure. Um, now we're going to go to our real fantasy football league. I'm going to do this very quickly. I know you guys don't care that much about football. But look, we've had 12 people in this league from Sifted all season long, battling it out, putting their time and their energy into it. Uh, and I want to make sure that I recognize those people. Uh, first of all, we're going to go to the standings. Uh, we already had our first round of playoff games this weekend, but I want to go to the standings to kind of show you guys how everything shook out. Let me increase the size of this a little bit. All right. So um, the division on the West, I am L.A. Chowderhead. My fantasy football name is Chowderhead. It is a nickname that my friends gave me back in, like, my teens, and I don't even use it anymore. Nobody calls me that, but I do use it in fantasy football. So miraculously, I ended up in first in the Western Conference. I was, like, anywhere from second to, like, fourth all season long. A bunch of stuff broke at the end of the season. I got a few wins. I ended up squeezing out Shanghai Honey, the Honey Badgers. Um, He was first place all year. I literally took first place after the last game of the season. Um, And then in the first round of the playoffs, which just happened, Shanghai Dan and Robert Diana played. Uh, in the other conference, uh, MTUSA Suicide King, if you're on Sifted, you know him. He had a great season. Bentley's Blue Bombers. He, Bentley, you probably know him from the site as well. He works with us sometimes on kind of big events like E3 and Gamescom. He has a staff badge on the site. He was also in first place all season long. And in the last week, Suicide King came in and knocked him out down to second. So it was... Yeah, he actually has the same record you do. Huh? Yeah. But we so how it works is the first in each conference gets a bye, so you don't mm-hmm. have to play the first week of the playoffs at all. And then the second and third teams play each other in the first week, and then you play the winner of that game in the second week. Um, so I didn't play this week at all. Neither did Suicide King. It was just these other four guys. So in the other one is Bentley versus the Right Rightlingen Jets. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, in the first week of the playoffs, so let's go and see how the playoffs shook out. The first round that just concluded last night with an insane Monday night football game. I don't know if you guys watched it or not, but it was nuts. Um, Let's see. Let's go to the playoffs round one. And it was Reitland Jets versus the Bentley Blue Bombers. Bentley won by less than five points. So that was a total barn burner. In the other conference, Robert Diana destroyed Shanghai Dan. And Dan had literally been in first place all season. I knock him out of first place after the last game of the season, and then he loses his first playoff game. So that is brutal, man. I'm really sorry for you, man. That's how fantasy football goes, unfortunately. It's all about that one week. So Bentley moves on. Robert Diana moves on. I should also add that our champion from last year, Matt Kyle Rocks, didn't even make the playoffs this year. Hmm. He had a tough year. Um, so now we'll look at round, at uh, week two so you can see who's playing who this week. Hmm. <clears throat> Uh, and this is actually incorrect. It should be me playing uh, the guy who beat Shanghai Dan. So, And then Suicide King should be playing against Bentley. And then the winner of that goes to the bowl. Uh, let me, let's have a look at the defending champ, how he did standings-wise, though. 
Yeah, Matt Kyle Rocks, our defending champ, ended up 5-8 and eight and did not make the playoffs. So there you go. That's our regular fantasy uh, playoffs. So I, if I win this week, I will go to the championship game for the fourth year in a row. It's the fourth year of the league. I will have gone to the championship game every year, and I have never won, which means I would be the equivalent of the Buffalo Bills. Do you remember that they lost four Super Bowls in a row? At one point, think, Maybe. Of, think about that. In a row. In a row. Wow. Think about that. Um, how devastating. Anyway. That's, that's hard. I'm right on the precipice. I mean, you already live in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. And, like, on top of that. <laughs> I'm right on the precipice of doing that in the Sifted Fantasy League. I could lose. I mean, I don't even think I'm going to win this week, to be honest. So it's probably not going to happen. But I could potentially lose the sifted bowl four years in a row. I think I would rather maybe just not go to the bowl because <laughs> I don't think my team's good enough to win it. So anyway, we'll see. Uh, we'll probably update you guys on who ultimately won the league in the first week of January because this won't be settled until two weeks from now and uh, I'll be gone for the holidays. So good luck to everybody left. I honestly hope I don't win. Like I don't want to win the sifted league, but I'm not going to like intentionally lose because that messes up the integrity of the league. Uh, but I hope somebody else wins. Like, I, I don't need or want to win the Sifted Fantasy League. So good luck to everybody left. I hope you beat me. I hope I don't win, but I'm not going to let you win. All right, let's move on with the bulk of the show. Um, new information. It seems like every week now we're getting new patents for PlayStation, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, this week it was not a controller patent itself, which we already got. This was a patent for a new feature for the DualShock 5 where you can essentially share playing the same single-player game with someone else. Xbox already has a feature like this. is called Copilot, uh, which is weird because it's had it for a while, but it was never like a story. It's mm-hmm. one of those things where like they announce it, and it's there. And micro- to be fair, Microsoft kind of positioned it as an accessibility thing where they're like, hey, if you have this person who maybe is disabled and they can't you know, get through a certain part of the game, you can jump in and help them without them kind of being booted out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do not know if Xbox Copilot does this or not, but one thing that I thought was kind of cool about what PlayStation is doing with the DualShock 5 is that people can do it remotely. So somebody could be like on the other end of the country, and you can play games together. They can take over. I think Copilot does do that, though, actually. I believe it does. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to be local. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure on that. But PlayStation is taking it an extra step in that it also has, let me make sure I get the terminology correct for this. Um, they are using an input aggregation server through the cloud in order to combine the inputs for remote play. But what that also does, it allows you to have other users be a part of your play experience. So, I guess the way that it was described in the patent is people can vote on who gets to play next or who controls what in specific games. Hmm. Uh, People are speculating that there may be games developed around this this functionality by itself, meaning uh, there's a game where there's one character, but the two of you are controlling it at the same time, and you have to kind of work in tandem. Hmm. Uh, which could be kind of cool. Yeah, kind of a smaller scale version of Twitch Plays Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it, actually. What do you think about this stuff? Do you think this is not a big deal and it's just like like my Xbox will be like, wait, that's right, I forgot that Xbox had that functionality. I mean, it's a big deal if you need it. Um, like, more accessibility is good, and obviously Xbox is kind of ahead of the game with their uh, the accessibility controller and all the research they've done on that. Uh, in terms of building a game around it, like, maybe? I gotta, I, I don't know, like... 
I feel like like Sony does have a history of sort of like leaning into stuff like that, like not for like a an, like a disabled accessibility thing, but it it kind of reminds me of like Hidden Agenda, where like you do yeah. whatever. You, I don't remember the name of it, where you log in with your phone. Every, like, it's like it's like the Jack pa- Jackbox yeah. thing where you log in with your phone. Sony did and, have a name for it though. What was yeah, it called? It was, play, it was play something. Play something. Yeah. Play mobile or something. Nah, like it, was, it was some weird name, but like you logged in, everybody got to vote on what to do next in the game, and wh- whoever had the most votes, they. They want, but it's again like they made Hidden Agenda and that was it. Play Link, that was Play Link. It. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but they uh, they made Hidden Agenda and that was it. No, they made a few more. Did they? Yeah, but they came in way under the radar. I didn't even know they existed. Yeah, they made. I think all told, there was probably like four games. Mm-hmm. Like the the Jackbox stuff looks works really well. Uh, Hidden Agenda was not as compelling. Yeah, um, in part because of presentational issues. I think it was just not. Up to snuff. Well, it seemed hacked together pretty quickly because we it never was, we didn't see it. We got a trailer, and then like a week later, it was. Right, and like it, was it made like Nickelodeon original programming seem like high class. <laughs> it, was, it was. I mean, it was by the people that did Until Dawn, which I thought yeah. was way better in terms of. I mean, they had higher quality talent for that, but like, yeah, I played like the first couple acts of Hidden Agenda with with my girlfriend, and we were just like. Let's let's stop. Let's <laughs> not do this anymore. Yeah. Also, it's not as interesting with just two people. You need like, you more. Need a, you need a bigger yeah. group. Um, yeah, but this was... could provide opportunities for asymmetrical type sure. play. Sure. Um, and I... here's the actual patent image that was uh, submitted to the patent department from Sony. Um, so you can see there. It's I don't know if I'd want to do that with a fighting game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess like people are you know like. One person controls movement, one person controls punching, one person controls kicking or something. That actually, what... yeah, maybe that would be kind of fun. I guess they're showing I their... I mean, if both teams have to do that, it, yeah, it could be fun just because you're on an even level of, like, lack of coordination. Yeah, because they're showing their one person controlling movement, one controlling mm-hmm. the actual attacks, and then the third person on the shoulder buttons. Which I assume is either a different attacks or defense. Right. Like, so, I Yeah, I mean... I like that Sony is taking this different angle with it instead of just saying, you guys can just play together. Yeah. Because when you see this in the patent, that means that Sony is thinking about it in a different way from what we're used to. Because you'd think the patent would just show, like, one kid sitting by himself, like, with the confusion marks above his head, and then somebody else somewhere else with the, like, light bulb above his head being like, oh, I've got it, I'll help you. Um, So I like what Sony's doing with it. I do fear that this is one of those features that, You'll get like one or two games that make use of it, and then you'll never see it again. Other yeah. than for accessibility options, seems likely. I yeah. mean, like so many other PlayStation-related gadgets, they they're flashes you, in the pan. Yeah, you you played a lot of uh, Eye of Destruction recently. No, <laughs> Eye of Judgment. You Eye mean. Judgment. Yeah. That's, yeah, that crazy remember. card battle yeah. game that had like the that PlayStation Eye camera. It was yep. like augmented reality. Yeah, like you play your card and the flames would come oh, up. Yeah. I had all of them. Yeah, so it, was, it was cool because Sony was, sent me like all of it. Yeah, they they were not shy about saying like we got a like a full box of like five sets of them. Yeah, or something. it was crazy. Yeah, and, like, I still have it somewhere. No one would play it with me. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like just play it on the screen. Like, do I really need? Yeah. Some people like that analog tactile thing, but yeah, I mean they were, they had a whole. You remember the that what was that magic book thing they had? Oh yeah, they spent yeah. like <laughs> twenty minutes at E three on it. Yeah. Like, it was like a Harry Potter thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Two other games or something. Did that that did come out. That came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, eventually. So, <laughs> so this looks like an added nice bonus feature that we may or may not ever actually experience, but it's not like a game breaker deal or a game changer mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, 
But it is good to see that we're still seeing Sony or Microsoft think critically about their inputs. Uh, because I think, at least I assume, that we are probably – and I think with Xbox, this probably is going to be the case where – we're probably going to get 99% the same controller that we just used in this generation. At least Sony seems to be making some changes. Um, yeah. Hopefully all for the better. Uh, this, the sticks are a little shorter. It's a little beefier, the controller. But, yeah. yeah and I we mean, still don't know what's up with the screen yet. And I'm just how, – how's the analog drift after a year? That's yeah. my main question because that was a big problem on the PS4 oh, for me. Speaking of analog drift, so I was playing Pokemon on Sunday while I was watching football. And uh, there's the one badge at the end where – so the way the way Sword and Shield works is you don't just go in and fight the gym leader. There's this, like, trial you go through yeah. before you fight the gym leader. And one of the very last ones, like, you wait. You have to fight three different trainers. And you wait for them to, like, walk up to you and then you fight them. And uh, so I beat the one. And then you see the cinematic where the next one steps up to you. I put my Switch down. I went to get a drink in the kitchen. I came back and he had walked on his own into the gym leader and started the battle. And I, I had not healed or revived any of my dead Pokemon, and I had to try to win that battle with, like, I still did because the game's really easy. But, but yeah, I mean, that was a case where the analog stick drift actually, like, had an impact on, like, my game. So, yeah. Um, I've, I haven't had a problem with sticks. Other play, PlayStation 3 I did, but not with PlayStation 4. PS4, I went through at least two controllers. They last about a year. And I, I, I would only notice, like, I think the first time I noticed was... Uh, the division, I think, was like I kept, my character kept popping out of cover, and I couldn't figure out why because I wasn't telling him to do that. And then I finally figured out like it was because it was drifting down to the right, so it was basically pulling him oh, away right. from cover. Yeah. And then a year later, uh, I re- I couldn't navigate the destiny menus properly because when I'd push right, it would just go down right. That happens to me on my Switch all the time. It'll just start scrolling up yeah. through the menus because it's just, it thinks the stick is like pointed just, upward. So I'll tell, I mean, really, it's not even so much like analog drift so much as like, put something in the OS that lets us recenter the sticks. Yeah, yeah. Like just let me, you know, it fe- I felt like if I could zero the sticks. It might be all right. It might be all right for a little while longer, but instead I just had to go buy another controller. Now I haven't had that. My PS4 Pro controller is like three years old and it's fine. Yeah. So I never had any problems with PS4 controllers at all. Yeah, that was Even my, my launch unit. I, launch I didn't have much luck with controllers this year. That and my, my Time Bomb Xbox One all right. Day One controller. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but the elites, Literally a Time yeah, The Elites are great. The PS4 Pro controller is great. Uh, I don't use the Joy-Cons, so I wouldn't yeah. know. Uh, but the Pro controller for the Switch, no no complaints other than the weird D-pad. But I don't really use it for that. So. Yeah. Everything's kind of coming into shape for PlayStation 5. Yeah. I'm really, like, other than, like, the hard specs for it, and we're actually going to talk about Scarlet's hard specs here later on in the show because that stuff's kind of leaked out. But other than really hard specs, like, this is what it's going to be, that's, in the form factor, there's not mm-hmm. much left. No. PlayStation I mean, VR 2, that's still... Yeah, that could, you know, I'm sure that'll be pretty similar to what we already have. The question is kind of like, will there be wires? Will, yeah. Will there, you know, what are you going to do with that? hand tracking, that kind of thing. Yeah. They kind of have to have that, don't they? Yeah, I mean, that's sort of state of the art now. Like, once the Oculus Quest does it, I think you pretty much have to do it, too. And that's coming, like, what, next week to Quest, I think? Hand tracking? Yeah. So once that happens, like, you have an excuse. I mean, I've used that at their Void thing. You know, it's actually really good. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Like, I mean, individual fingers, no problem. Like, it shows exactly what your hands are doing. Um, Like, it's with no glove, no nothing. Just it's pretty impressive. Yep. So that's the latest on PlayStation 5. We're going to keep you guys updated on every little bit of information that comes out about PS5 because we know that you guys care a lot. Uh, 
everyone's going to have a real tough decision to make here in about 10 months mm-hmm. where to plunk down their money. So we're going to give you guys as much ammo as we can to make sure you make the decision that's best for you. All right, let's move on. Like I said, specs leaking out for Scarlet. Um, leaks happen all the time. And a lot of times when we get leaks, we look at the source and then we decide whether it's worth sharing with our audience based upon the validity of the source. This case, this comes from Windows Central. Mm-hmm. Windows Central is known for breaking Xbox stories. Yeah. For It has done it for years and years and years. So whoever they have there is a very well-placed person who mm-hmm. absolutely has access to what would otherwise be classified information. And so, it also lines up with a lot of chatter I've heard from various dev friends. Yeah. Uh, which are mostly complaining that they don't have it yet. But, like, because <laughs> as we saw in the previous story last week, uh, not a lot of people have Scarlet dev kits yet. Yeah, which is strange and not a good sign, to be perfectly no. honest with you. Um, I mean... It depends. It's a bad sign to, for development. It could be a good sign for consumers if they end up mm-hmm. if they're like the the specs are floating and they're trying to give people as trying be- to nail it down the most or the most powerful machine yeah. that they can for the cost, which may be what's going on yeah. right now. It just it does mean like we might want to keep an ear out for those launch titles. Yep. In terms of like QA for sure. Like, who yep. knows how rushed these things might have to be? Yep. So uh, Windows Central, great job sleuthing out this information. Um, We're just going to run down basically what they've shared. So they're saying that there's going to be two versions, which has also been something that's been floating around. Uh, There's Anaconda, and then there's Lockhart. Anaconda is the beastly monster machine Mm -hmm. that I'm guessing the vast majority of our audience is probably going to buy. Although going to be a lot. I mean, it depends on the cost. I mean, my guess is that thing is you're looking at 800 bucks for that. I think the, I think the the Anaconda is going to be the if you want 4K 60, give us 800 bucks. That's my Ooh. guess. So it's 12 um, teraflops. It's huge. I mean, it's, it'd be it, you're buying a gaming PC at that point, basically. For reference, the Xbox One X is six teraflops. Mm-hmm. So it's double the processing power, but probably more like four or five times the performance. Oh yeah, because of the the optimization and and all that. It's 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 a Monster! Of, it's a beast of a console. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Also, for reference, Xbox One S is 1.4 terabytes. Think, so, <laughs> which is basically the the base Xbox One, the launch yeah. Xbox One. Lockhart, which is going to be the cheaper version yeah, of the lock, next Xbox. My prediction is Lockhart is going to cost whatever the PS5 does. Whatever, probably 500 bucks. Like my guess is Lockhart will be even with the competition, and Anaconda will be like for the yeah. Anaconda will basically be the, the elite. That's, I don't know. Um, I mean, Windows Central is saying Lockhart's going to be four teraflops. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a little more than double the base Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And it's like a third of Anaconda? I mean, it's exactly a third of Anaconda. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're leaning Do you think ho- you can compete with the PlayStation 5 with at four teraflops? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, we don't know what the PS5 is really going to do. We don't, but I would be really shocked if it's not at least 10 teraflops. Maybe. I mean, that's that's a big question mark. Yeah. Like, but Microsoft must think something's up. I mean, unless this is unless they're going hard in the paint here, and Anaconda is going to be even with the PS5 in price, and they're going to go cheap on the Lockhart for like three, four hundred. I mean, we're saying right here. Basically, you're saying Lockhart is not as powerful as Xbox One X. Because mm. Xbox One X is at six teraflops. Yeah, but teraflops aren't everything. No, you're right. I, I like, totally get that. The, I, I think Lockhart will definitely outperform the X. I would hope so. 
I would hope so. Because like otherwise, the, the why not just buy an old right. Xbox well, One X? Well, because it won't necessarily run. Th- the, the estimate that I saw was that the Lockhart is still going to be kind of double the performance of an X. Hmm. Okay. But that's Anaconda. No. Because the X is 6 no, teraflops, Anaconda is 12 teraflops. Never, teraflops are not everything. And the components in this are going to be much faster hardware. Oh, ever, all around. Yeah, let's get to that, actually. The, um, yeah. just, just putting competent RAM in this thing is going to make it outperform yeah. the Xbox. In I mean, the Xbox One's RAM is garbage. It's terrible. It's bottom-of-the-barrel yeah. RAM. Because um, they be... wanted more RAM in it at launch to handle all the apps and, and all the set-top box stuff they want to do. So they put more slower RAM in it rather than using fast gaming-focused RAM, which is one reason that things still, even though they've improved it, the OS in that thing still crawls. Yeah. So even today. It's terrible. I hate it. Um, So there are going to be eight, no matter which version you buy, there's going to be eight CPU cores. Um, Again, Windows Central is saying that Microsoft is targeting around 3.5 gigahertz, Mm -hmm. which uh, that's good. Yeah, for a console that's good. I mean, here's the thing: like these days, you can't really judge a whole lot by gigahertz and teraflop. I mean, you got to be in the same architecture, you got to be using the same parts. Like it doesn't all mean the same thing. And then you don't even get in the factor of like, what does the OS do? How does, does the OS hurt it or help it? Like you know, it's like we don't know enough about any of that yet. Like, um, well, to your point, um, again from Windows Central, it says that because of the things that you mentioned, you know, RAM, buses, things like that, that are upgrades to peep that aren't sexy but actually make a difference in how something performs. Uh, they're saying that even though it's only double the teraflops, that Anaconda will be four to five mm-hmm. times more powerful than Xbox One X. Well, four to five times the performance right. is what they're talking yeah, about. Better, yeah, five times better performance than Xbox mm-hmm. One X. Yeah, which that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, look, leave all the gobbledygook numbers aside. Just building these this new console out of parts built for gaming is going to make a huge difference oh, yeah. in comparison to what the Because they're optimized from the was. beginning for it. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Xbox One was not built by people, I'm convinced, was not built by people who were building a gaming console. Yeah. They were building basically a cable box. Yeah. That could also play video games. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it was, honestly. Um, there will be at least 13 gigabytes of RAM for games with 3 gigabytes on the OS for a total of 16 gigabytes. Mm-hmm. What matters there is what kind of RAM. Right. That, as long as you got fast RAM. As long as it's good. DDR5, like, yeah. I think it'll be okay. But yeah. they didn't do that with the Xbox One. So. No, but again, I don't think this is in the hands of the people that did the Xbox One. The Xbox One was a, was a terribly designed, like, system from a hardware standpoint just because it was not – it was almost – the Saturn, again, where, like, Sega just did not design that system to do what was obviously going to be the next generation. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to that, too, when we get to the PlayStation 25th anniversary thing later. But, like, like Sega built in the wrong direction and had to kind of course correct in the middle of putting that system together. Uh, and Microsoft did a very similar thing where they thought this was going to go a certain way, and it really didn't. And they learned that early because their DRM plan backfought back. No, did it ever. So um, I, th- I think I am pretty convinced that this the Scarlet is being built by very different people than who built the Xbox One. Uh, more details: the Microsoft's proprietary NVMe SSD tech will be in both consoles. Mm-hmm. So, just like PlayStation Five, it's going to have an SSD hard yeah. drive. This is going to be a big difference between the, the two SKUs. I think is the size of the SSD. Yeah, I'm sure. 
Yeah, because SSD drives are spendy still. Yeah, they're still even the, even with like the amount of like you know discount you're going to get by bulk bulk buying these parts and like mass producing these systems, the SSD is not going to have that much. Of you're a not going to get much of a break, no matter how many you buy. And it won't matter that much because you'll still I'm sure you'll still be able to do the external hard drive thing. Um, but having that fast access is going to matter. Oh, huge! So. It may be the the thing people notice the most about Generation Nine mm-hmm. is like the load time. I mean, and it's certainly like what that. Sony's showing off. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like, the first look, thing. It look how Spider Man doesn't have any load time anymore. Yeah, like, you know, the instant access is is going to be a, a a big bullet point for both of them. I think for sure. Um, Project xCloud, which is Microsoft's mm-hmm. game streaming service that it's been working on now for a couple years, and it's in beta right now. It is going to be installed across all Xbox systems. So you already have the hardware that we've talked about, but you can use xCloud for sort of extra headroom if you need to, in addition to what it just does to stream games. It's mm-hmm. also going to be like a computing cloud uh, that should give the platform more headroom, which is great. Um, Maybe. I mean, I don't know. We've heard the cloud story before. Yeah. Crackdown um, 3. Yeah. Could only be done <laughs> in the cloud. <laughs> yeah, remember that? Which may have ended up being true because it ended up being a piece of yeah, junk. Yeah, whatever, whatever was being done in the cloud <laughs> was apparently pretty important, I It guess. was, yeah. Uh, ray tracing for dynamic reflections and stuff like that will most probably be exclusive to just Lockhart and Anaconda. Um, and even without an update, all Xbox game, all Xbox One games will run equal or better on Scarlet and will load faster. So without an update, so mm-hmm. all that backwards compatible stuff that's already working on Xbox One is just going to work. It's going to move forward when you yeah. get on Scarlet. That's huge. So yeah. all the, they're not going to have to redo all that work that they did Which to get good. this. It's it's huge. Um, you feel more positive or less positive about Scarlet after hearing this stuff, Matt? I mean, like part a little bit of both. I'd say, like, I'm more positive in the sense that, like, clearly the power is going to be where it needs to be instead of Xbox One, um, where it yeah. was underpowered. But a little more negative because it's going to hurt the wallet. And I still feel like, even with Halo Infinite at launch, it's going to be hard to look at PlayStation's output this generation and Xbox's output this generation and look at those two systems and pick the Xbox. It is because you're with the Xbox, you're you're going to be placing your bet on promise mm-hmm. because you know i mean most people won't it's, know it's promise versus reputation yeah at this point and, and, and a lot of people won't even know the promise it's there for right. xbox because the average consumer is not like us they don't know that microsoft just bought a bunch of studios no. they and don't like, know that that pipeline is pretty well packed right now we're probably gonna get some really good stuff moving down the line but they do know that they want to play spider-man 2 yeah and well, now there now there's chat chatter that like Spider-Man 2 is further along than we think. Yeah. It might be a launch next game year. Maybe? It might be a launch game, might be launch window, like that would be that's huge. huge. That would be huge. That's you know, being able to show that off uh, on on the new hardware I mean, it is like, kind of funny that versus another Halo or Forza yeah. or like yeah. it's it's just a more exciting idea. I mean, it's also funny when you think about it, the first demo they showed was For PlayStation 5 with Spider-Man. Yeah. So it's kind of adding up. Makes sense. Um yeah, and look, it's, And look, like I mean, obviously, we don't know everything that's going to launch with the Xbox. I have a very hard time thinking Microsoft's going to pull anything out that's going to make me more interested in Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's – I mean, that's just me. That's me personally. But as, I a, think as a Sucker Punch fan and a Samurai fan, like, I'm very excited for that game. Like, you're not going to pull me away from that with another Halo. I'm sorry. Like, it's just it, – I, I think it's going to be – I think the, the odds are tilted very heavily in Sony's favor right now. I would agree. I think it would, it's going to take a big mistake – 
on, yes. on Sony's part for yes. Microsoft Which, to have a Which, not a impossible. It's not. I mean, not we've impossible. seen it over and over yeah. and over again. So it's... I mean, and it looks like they are coming back to E3 because they have not canceled their press conference, which they had by this point yep. last year. Yep. So They have to. If you're going to launch yeah. a platform, you can't skip E3. I mean, you have, right? to, you have to at least, like, show up and get on the internet that yeah. day, right? You know I mean, it's like, <laughs> even if you don't put a booth at E3, you got to do your presentation. You got to. Thing. Yeah. And so. I mean, you need a booth too. Let's be honest. I mean, they're opening up E3 to even more consumers this year. Uh, so you got, you got to be there. Like you have to let people get their hands on it. The people who are willing to spend a couple grand to go to E3, you need to reach those people because they're like us. They're the people who go back to their hometown or whatever and all their friends who like to play games talk to them about games, and mm-hmm. they tell them what to buy. So I guess Microsoft better just hope they decide to cross the street at some point. It's true. Like you need to feed the evangelists so that they have ammunition to share when they go back to wherever they're from to spread the word about your product. So I think both of them will be mm-hmm. at E3 and on the show floor. Hopefully, they can afford a new new gen console after spending all the money it's going to cost to go to E3. What do you think is going to happen if you're right and uh, the Anaconda costs like up to eight hundred bucks? I don't know. I mean, I mean that's untru- uncharted waters. No one's well, ever I mean, sold a con. Well, the 3DO wait, three DO. Yeah, that's right. We all know how that ended. Yeah, exactly. But I think obviously you can trust the Xbox a little more than you oh, can yeah. trust the three DO. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Three um, DO had a really good version of Super Street Fighter Turbo, but come on, and Dragon's Lair. A Dragon's Lair. <laughs> all the laser best stuff. version of the first Need for Speed. Yeah, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, not worth eight hundred bucks. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> you, it's definitely not um, worth that. I had a roommate uh, my sophomore year of college who had one. And when he moved in, he, like, brought it in. And I was like, can I play that? Like, Because I'm like, I'm Don't otherwise, touch it. otherwise I'm never going to touch it. He's like, yeah, whatever you want. I remember he came home one night, and I was, like, halfway through sh- – uh, God, I can't. Was it? Was it? It was like a. It was like one of those FMV games. Was a martial arts thing. It was I like don't first know. First person martial. It was like Shadow Warrior or Supreme Warrior or something like that. I don't, I don't remember it. And I was like halfway through it, and he's like, "Oh my, oh my God, how did you do that? How did you do what?" He's like, I've, "I've never gotten anywhere through. <laughs> I haven't gotten like past the first guy in this game. I don't yeah. know. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just I just it. played it. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we played. Yeah, something. I think it was Supreme Warrior. Was uh, it? Look up a YouTube. You can look at YouTube play. Let's wait through that uh, and just see what we had to work with back in the day. Yeah, I just remember like Dragon's Lair, Space Ace. Yeah, anything that I mean, anything that used like high capacity, high storage discs at yeah. the time, like it went right on the system. Yeah, um, but it was. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a better buy than the 3DO was at launch. Probably um, so. But still. That's a big ask. It is a big ask. Um, and it just depends how hard they're willing to go and what kind of, like, discount they're getting on some of the, I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe they are going to get in bulk discounts to the point they could sell the Anaconda for, for the same money as as the PS5. Maybe the PS5. I, mean, I still my, – my $500 price point for the PS5 is pretty much still based on the idea that Sony is never going to sell anything for $599 US right. ever again. Because otherwise you would say, like, they could, they sh- probably should sell it for that much. Yeah, I mean, that would probably be – feels like a more natural price point for what we've been – What we're going to get. What we've been hinted that we're going to get. But, like, I just feel like Sony's never going to touch that price again. No, I agree. Because of the meme potential. Yeah. Um. And the obvious, well, you don't want to sell. Plus, it's still six hundred bucks, or maybe you just sell it for six hundred and yeah, just don't yeah. do five hundred ninety nine. Right, right. <laughs> but like, I'm guessing they're that they're going to be two five hundred dollars systems, and one of the one of Xboxes is either going to be less or more. Yeah, I don't know which way they're going with this, but I think eight hundred bucks would just be death. Even even if you, like you look side by side and you could blatantly see that games running on the Anaconda looked mm-hmm. better than PlayStation Five, I just think it won't matter. I just can't see anything more than like the niche 
core of the core spending that much money for a console. And then I feel like those people would probably just spend a little bit extra and just build a PC. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've, I've struggled to find the market for an $800 console, no matter how powerful it is. Yep. It's tough. Although, really, I mean, if you can make it functional on the level of, like, an $800 video card, um, especially with the ray tracing. That's true. Like, it's yeah. still a better deal-ish, but then you have the justification that PC can do other things. Right. I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, on a, it was not Way of the Warrior. That, that, was, that was a very different game. That was a normal fighting game. I'm thinking, I'm talking about, uh, it's a first-person uh, uh, FMV game. I Supre- don't remember Supreme it Warrior. I think it's called Supreme Warrior. It's, it was first person. It was like a Dragon's Lair react to the video thing. Um, yeah, Way of the Warrior was uh, very different. It was like a Mortal Kombat ripoff. This was a first person Dragon's Lair martial arts game. So It was bad. <laughs> so based upon these specs, you're saying, one, the price is going to be really high, but two, you still struggle to figure out how, how it will compete with PlayStation 5. I mean, I just... I, I'm sure I will have both of them eventually. Well, yeah, we will. We have but to. Like, but, like, if I was only going to get one, I don't know what Microsoft could do to convince me to make it that one. I know. You know, because, like... It has to show a lot of software over the next 11, 10 or 11 months. I mean, that's really mm-hmm. what it comes down to. And, you know, man, yeah, yeah, you can you can tempt me with some stuff, but, like, it's basically... I am getting a PS5. Yeah, no doubt about it. To play like Ghost that, of Tsushima. I mean, and just, everything else. That I'm just comes getting after a it. PlayStation Five. Yeah. Like, I'm not even saying because of one game or whatever. Like, I'm just getting one. Yeah, like and I'm definitely getting one. And Ghost of Tsushima at launch is probably the thing that's going to make make it guaranteed. I'm getting a PS5 at launch. Will I get an Xbox at launch? We'll see. Yeah, I will. I mean, I'll get both. But I mean, chances are most, but like, most people can't do that. Most people can't do that. But also, like, if I was just going to pick, you know, if I. You know, if I did get both, it would be because I feel an obligation to talk about both on this show and not because I would want to do it independently of that. Right. If you were just a consumer. If I was just yeah. a consumer, I would just probably get the PS5 and then wait and see if the Xbox became worth it later. Yeah. Yep. So Microsoft has a lot to prove here over the next 10 or 11 they months. Do. In a lot of ways, this entire generation is really, really hurt Microsoft. I can, still, I can still play a lot of that stuff on my PC. Yeah. So I know. Like, it's just becoming less. I mean, the, the, it feels more and more like the Xbox is going to exist for people who insist that a console should be a thing. You know, they I wanna, mean, it's just kind of a brand at this point. Pretty much. It's, and I've st- I still maintain that uh, Microsoft doesn't care very much if you buy an Xbox or not. I don't think it does They either. only care if you're in your, their ecosystem. Yep, I agree. Um, and all that does not bode well if you're competing with PlayStation because yeah. PlayStation does care. The big thing I think they can do platforms. is they need to message out and they need to make very clear and they need to make very robust the Game Pass support at launch. Yep. And because that's the thing that could sway someone, especially with a limited budget. Is like, you okay, have 500 free games on day yeah, one. Yeah, day one, it comes with three months of Game Pass. That gives you this many games you can play, all these games that work on this from the Xbox One, all these games at launch that are there day one. You don't have to spend any more money to play the hottest cutting-edge launch games. Whereas at PlayStation 5, you're going to have to buy a bunch of other, other games. So that could kind of make up the difference there. But yep. I don't know. It's going to be real interesting. Like, it's, it's not going to be a boring launch, that's for sure. Oh, it's like, going to be really exciting. I think I think both of them are going to have to fight tooth and nail on this one. and it's, Which is good. Which you is good for us. It's, yeah. good for cons- it's good for the consumer. Absolutely. So there you go. That's the latest on Xbox Scarlet. Uh, When we get more, we'll obviously share it with you guys. Again, just like with PlayStation 5, we want to make sure that you guys are as informed as possible so you can make this tough decision in 10 months or however long. It's Mm -hmm. probably going to be out 10 months from now. You're going to kind of have to decide. You're going to have to put your pre-order down. It's probably going to be like, June. Yeah. When the pre-orders go up and you got to get them in. Do you think they'll put pre-orders up on? At E3, E3? oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Kind of have to, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, Strike and while have, the iron's hot. You're gonna. I'm probably gonna have to do it on my phone while we're live. You're probably right. Yeah. Like otherwise, otherwise you may not disappear. get it. Yeah. Although the, the best it's not way, like it used to be. No, but it, 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 the best way to get it is still probably Amazon. Yep. At least if you have Prime. Um, I'm certainly. And then you may get lucky, and they may accidentally ship it to you early. Right. Amazon does that all the time. I certainly have no intention of waiting in a physical line anywhere. Uh, I don't so. think they'll even exist, to be honest with uh, you. You'll have to line up at like Best Buy to pick it up at midnight or whatever yeah. with your pre-order. But I, it's just I'd rather just wait. It's just like with Black Friday, like all that stuff's just kind of going away now. Yeah. Wait, waiting in lines, camping in front of a store. Because why would you? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of absurd when you think about it. Oh yeah. But yeah, so I'm glad this stuff's going away. I just want to be able to. I would just want people to be able to get it as easily and painlessly as possible. And I think the way retail's headed now, that I that shouldn't be an issue. All right, so there you go. That's Xbox Scarlet, the latest on Scarlet. Anyway, um, we were talking just a minute ago about how we didn't think Microsoft cared if people moved over to PC as long as they stayed mm-hmm. in the ecosystem. And then I kind of said very quickly, we don't see that with PlayStation, but we're starting to um, today. Uh, a couple of announcements leaked out. Sony State of Play was this morning. We have a whole other topic. We're going to go through all the announcements that were in the State of Play. Uh, that's for later on in the show. But there were a couple things that have been announced over the last couple of days or leaked out that have kind of changed, at least to me, have changed how I look at PlayStation's perspective on multi-platform stuff. I think cross-play, Sony dragged its feet, finally went in. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to see Sony also kind of adopt some of the other policies that Microsoft, in all honesty, and even Nintendo at this point is starting to look at, which is we have these exclusive games that we used to use to get people to buy our platforms. But now we're starting to think that maybe we can start letting some of those exclusives get out to other platforms. We'll keep a timed exclusive, but maybe it's smarter in the long run to get these brands out on these other platforms so that... People find them, they like them, they play them, and then maybe they buy the PlayStation Five or the PlayStation mm-hmm. Six or whatever. They're still buying your game. Maybe. I don't. I'm not convinced that's the thought, the thinking here. Okay. Um, well, first of all, we should ex- let me finish explaining what's going mm-hmm. on. So um, today it was announced that MLB the Show, which is PlayStation's, it, this is built by PlayStation. PlayStation has been forever. Has been the only baseball game in town for for five years, many years. six yeah, years, several years. Yeah, because like, do they have the exclusive? No, they don't. They have don't. The, just no one else. No one wants else to make wants them. to bother. There's yeah. RBI Baseball, which is, like, made by MLB. Yeah. MLB has a development studio. Isn't that weird? No one else will do it. <laughs> no one else will do it. Uh, so, anyway, if you're on Xbox, like, all you've had to play is RBI Baseball for years yeah. and years, and it's not great. Or, like, some of the cartoony baseball, you know, they're not licensed. They're right. Not, they're not the real teams. RBI is licensed, though. Yeah, it's but there's other. Arcade-y. Like, there's arcade other baseball games where they're just not the real yeah. teams. But that's all and changing. most of them are better than RBI Baseball. Yeah, yeah. That's all changing. So after next year, after 2020, beginning in 2021, MLB The Show is going to be a multi-platform franchise. Um, it's going mm-hmm. to – PC is a given, I think. Yeah. But, but it also but sounds like Xbox. Xbox and my, and Nintendo's accounts both tweeted in response to it and put, like, baseball icons and stuff yeah. up. So it sounds like it's coming to everything. Which – it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, why not? Like, I, You're the it, no only game in town. I can't imagine too many people are buying PS4s specifically for the show. No, it's just and a like, value add. You might as I mean, 
and like baseball is on the wane. You know, I mean, it's my favorite sport probably to to watch. And like, if if I'm going to watch a sport, certainly to go to in person. I played it when I was younger. My dad loved it. I mean, I like baseball quite mm-hmm. a bit. Baseball movies are great. Baseball movies they are, are, for are some way reason. better than than actual <laughs> baseball. Like, I'm that's totally weird. like on board with Field of Dreams. Like, you know, extolling of baseball, and then I'm like, that's not true. Yeah. But I believe it when James Earl Jones says it. <laughs> and like. It's, uh, I mean, there's no reason not to spread it around, especially in terms of, like, what, you know, what's good for the MLB. I imagine they were maybe the ones who suggested this just to give, you know, everyone else a chance to play this thing. Because the show is a really good game. It's the only sports franchise I buy regularly. Um, Road to the Show is a great mode. Uh, they, you know, they, they do a great job every year, and uh, they don't get a lot of credit for it. And if you want to spread that love around, I don't see any problem with that. It's like you're not losing any PlayStation hardware sales by putting the show on anything else. No, not so, one. No. I mean, there may be like, like maybe there's maybe like five dudes somewhere, right. <laughs> and like you know, I, somebody I, will men- will probably put it. I in mean, like I the saw ton- I show. saw some people on Twitter. This I even sent you like something of people like PlayStation nuts like screaming about how it's horrible and terrible and yeah. it's unfair and it's just like who cares? <laughs> who cares? If you're not a major shareholder in Sony, go away. Like, no. Like, it's just pure console wars bullshit. Yep. So the show Um, didn't surprise me. Like you, it doesn't surprise me. It's smart. Sony will just sell more copies. Maybe it gets people to buy the next play. It doesn't matter. They'll sell Mm. more of the game. You can maybe put certain things in the PlayStation version that are exclusive and, like, a little more incentive to play. Or just time it. it. So it has, like, a few months. The little home team advantage going on. But, like, in general, like, yeah, spread that around. For sure. Yeah, let more people play that game. I'm in favor of that. So that didn't surprise me that much. What has surprised me, though, is that today rumors are swirling that Horizon Zero Dawn. I've I've heard these rumors for a while, um, like a couple weeks now. Uh, maybe like it's possible, but here's the thing: I don't think this is a shift in Sony's exclusive policy. I think this is because Kojima's team got this engine running on the PC. You think? Because this is the same engine as Death. It Stranding. is, yeah. So I think they're like, oh well, we could we could just Start do a PC porting version stuff of this over, yeah. and get some extra money. Three, you know, it's three years since the game came out. Screw it. Like as long as if it, maybe it's easy to do, or maybe the you know maybe the they had fifty or seventy uh, Guerrilla Games people working on Death Stranding. Maybe they're like, "Hey, this we could do this with Horizon, no problem." Yeah, that's true. It's just free money. It is free at this money. point. It's not, you know, Horizon is not a system seller anymore. Three years later, yep. Uh, you know, I, and I, and if it works, like it could become a thing. We're like, yeah, you wait a few years, you get a PS exclusive on PC if they have the engine running on it. That'd be great. That'd be great. Do you think it may get to a place where you're only waiting a few months for it to go to PC though? Uh, not impossible, but I would find that surprising. Um, it doesn't really do them any favors. Uh, even for Death Stranding, they're waiting till next summer. Um, yeah, it ends so, up being so what, may- about nine months, I guess. Yeah, so maybe like Horizon 2, maybe you know, maybe you do a thing where like when the DLC comes out for Horizon 2, the vanilla game hits PC like nine months later or something. That wouldn't be out- out- outrageous. What's the limit for you? How quickly can a f- – I mean, are you okay with Death Stranding coming out nine months later on another platform? I mean, if someone else wants to do that to themselves, they're welcome to. I mean, PC, <laughs> look, PC's also. One thing. I don't think Death Stranding is a system seller. It's not. So, like, I mean, yeah. it, the, the question becomes. I mean, and I don't think Horizon is either. I mean, I love yeah. Horizon. It's one of my favorite games of the decade. It's a value like, add. It's it's nice. It's, yeah, it's a nice to have for most people. Like, yeah, if you if you if I see them put God of War two on PC nine months after it comes out, then I'm my I got the exclamation point over my head. Horizon 2 might be a system seller, though. Could be. Especially if it looks like Death Stranding. I mean, Death Stranding, I think, did a lot of a lot of work refining this engine 
And I'm very interested to see what a sequel looks like with kind of the tech lessons that they learned from, sure. from that project. Um, but I'm just saying now people know what it is. They yeah. know that it won Game of the Year. People are actually going to be looking for it and anticipating the next yeah. one. I mean, I would. I don't think we'll ever see these things coming out day and date with PC. Yeah. Uh, Sony will hold these for themselves. But Do you think nine months is okay, though, like with Death Stranding? Yeah, I mean, nine months is sort of the – it's also when things are starting to drop in price, like – you know, it's, it's kind of like, oh, you want to pay full price for a PC version or you want to pay like 40 bucks for the console version. It kind of works itself out. That's a good out. point, actually. Yeah. Um, the important thing is if that – I'm not still convinced that this is some kind of company-wide policy or anything because I think it might just be the convenience of the engine now working on a different platform and like, hey, free money, uh, sort of. Um, but like the question – I mean, the idea of this be- being the advent of something would be nice in the sense that it means you would not end up with another Bloodborne situation. Or another Demon Soul situation where you get this very popular game that like just no one else can play. Um, I know that's the point of an exclusive, but yeah. again, and certainly Blood I, Bloodborne did sell some systems. I know anecdotally from like five or six people I know bought a PlayStation Four to play Bloodborne, um, so that worked. Yeah, at least a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. At least that's that's four. I mean, times. From's games will do it. It's way more people, people than bought it for, for way more people I know bought a PS4 for Bloodborne than they bought it for the show. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, put it absolutely. No doubt about that. So I think this is probably more of a tech convenience that's happened here. But like, if it does sell well on PC, who knows what Sony? Yeah. Can then what happens? Response. Like, if it, be, if it if they realize that this is a revenue stream that's helpful for them and hasn't hurt their hardware business, like, who knows? Think about Death Stranding coming out for PC just a couple months before PlayStation Five. Yeah. I mean, if that goes up on PC and it does gangbusters. I mean, maybe they reevaluate kind of their stance for the whole PlayStation Five generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this is maybe you're right. They're like, you know what, Destiny is probably not going to move consoles. We've sold all the consoles anyway at this point. Yeah. No skin off of our. Best Buy doesn't seem to be able to get rid of the Destiny consoles. Yeah, so. yeah, they're discounting them in hardcore. If they weren't so ugly, it probably. I mean, that's been a problem for all the special edition PS4s. I think they have. Yeah, I think they're all. Ugly. Yeah, there's really not one that really it has kinda... nothing to do with Death Stranding. I just, yeah, yeah. I just don't. I haven't liked a single one except I kind of like the Spider-Man one, but it's just the Spider logo on a blinding red system, and I don't want that staring at me all day. But yeah, like, I mean the Death Stranding one's awful. It's just got like yeah. the weird footprint it's on the it. Foot, the handprints. Yeah, and... handprints. Yeah. No thanks. But uh, yeah, so you I just mean, put a giant baby face on it. I'm just glad to see the platform holders looking at things this way finally. Actually considering getting their games out to different places. I mean, you know, 10 yeah. years ago, this wouldn't even be a consideration. If we had talked to... Oh, Sony exclusives never. Yeah. Never. I mean, imagine talking to, like, Reggie about this, like, five or six years ago, or mm-hmm. any of the various heads of PlayStation that have been... They'd all say, are you kidding me? Hell no. We invest so much money in this. Like... But the times they are changing. Like, everything's just kind of opening up. That's just kind of the way, not just with games, but with everything. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of also, I, th- I feel, especially with PC, there's an element of, like, if they haven't jumped over to consoles yet, yeah. they ain't gonna. They're hardcore so PC like, gamers. So yeah. like, but, like, at the very least, it means that my my few PC snob friends can stop being dicks about not playing Horizon. <laughs> and it's like, oh, maybe I'll play it one day if they ever put it on PC. Oh, now they put it on PC, smart ass. Yeah, so now you, you can do? play <laughs> this really great game that for some reason you refuse to let yourself play because it's not on your Master Race console thing. Like, it's like yeah. bizarre. I mean, I know a couple of them, I know they can afford a PS4. They just, they just refuse to play console games because for a reason. For reasons. Know, for reasons. <laughs> 
Uh, so anyway, there you go. Big news. And it's good to see PlayStation, even though it's dragged its feet through all this stuff, it's always the last one to do it. At least it is figuring the stuff out. And it, yeah. is, it is starting to change a little bit. Uh, which is always tough when you're an American company with a Japanese parent company. It's yeah, hard it's to... It's taken a while for play, for Sony to join the Reindeer Games, but... Yep, it's getting there, which yeah. is a lot better than we could say even two years ago. Yeah, and they're... I, I, bet, I mean, also a lot better than you can say about their film division, so... Oh, yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, it's in deep trouble. All Sony, right. Sony's learning some stuff over here in the computer entertainment, this, <laughs> computer entertainment world. All right, let's move on. We're going to preview... The Game Awards for you guys. Um, when we originally set up this topic, look, you know, I'm friends with Jeff. I want to help his show do well. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Game Awards. We're going to preview them. And that was kind of the idea behind this topic at first. And you've never seen us preview this version of the Game Awards, that, <laughs> which makes this a world premiere. Yeah. And look, Matt and I, we are still going to go through some categories here and try to pick the winners of a few of the categories. Just try to guess which one we think will win. Death again, Stranding. Again, not tipping our hand as to what our picks are, but trying to guess what 50 or 60 game journalists yeah, this, are going to pick. I still think this is going to pretty much be the Death Stranding show. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. But we'll go through. <laughs> Hell, a, even if it doesn't win, anything, <laughs> it's going to be the Death Stranding we'll, show. We'll go through a few of the awards, but basically what happened right before we went to air, or before the stream went up, a, a leak happened. And it's... Is purporting to say that it has pretty much all the details from the Game Awards. Um, as we always tell you guys with these leaks, take them with a huge grain of salt. This one in particular, because this is just like random internet dude is like, I know all this stuff and you can believe it if you want, but you know, I don't care, blah, blah, blah. What lends credence to this flurry of leaks is that. Most of them, all of them pretty much seem plausible, except for maybe one. A few of them we've already heard rumblings about. Um, which, look, he could have engineered this because of the rumblings that we've heard. If he used the sifted, he would have known about some of this stuff that was at least kind of bubbling up. But anyway, just for fun, we're going to share what was leaked that's supposed to be coming to the Game Awards. And I, this, I hope, honestly, I hope like a lot of this isn't true. Like, because that hurts Jeff, all this stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. But, look, I'm friends with... On the other hand, it's a pretty s- solid list. It is. It is. And w- it probably would get people to tune in. Yeah. Um, but at the same time... I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't not watch just because I know about it because I want to see this stuff. Yeah. Like, that's the, the advantage you have is, like, even if you tell me this is going to be on the Game Awards, I'm like, cool, I can't wait to see it. Like, yeah. who, who cares if you tell me about it? You know? Yeah. And so, look, I'm friends with Jeff, and I don't want to ruin his show or lessen the viewers to his show, but I'm also not going to neglect my duties editorially and to inform our audience on stuff that's happening. I'm just not. So here we go. This stuff is pretty crazy, people. Some of you guys may have seen this already. I should also note that I don't really believe this list. You don't either? Not really. Yeah. I'm probably about 50. It leaves out a couple of two, two important things, and... Yeah, it's, it's and one thing in it to me, I don't believe at all. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just going to run through these really quickly. Two things in it, I don't believe at all. Okay. Uh, first, Batman: Arkham Legacy. I think that is a given. Will be revealed. Yeah, definitely going to be there. And scheduled for holidays 2020. Sounds about right. Although I wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah, probably next gen. Yeah. Which means it would be like a launch game for PS5 yeah. and Xbox. Scarlet. I think it'll come out on everything. But yeah, like, yeah. It's, that's a pretty big it. deal. 
Yeah. I mean, they teased it like months ago yeah. on Twitter. Like, you know, so it's about damn time. Oh, about damn time. It's been half a decade since Rocksteady put a game out. But Is this Rocksteady? Oh, it's not Rocksteady. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Rocksteady's doing Suicide Squad. Yeah. Mark my words. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is Montreal. Yeah. Which is, it's a new studio? No, they've been doing stuff for oh, that's right. years and years. They that's did right. the Shadow of War stuff, the Shadow of Mordor stuff, and they did uh, Arkham Origins. Yep. So another. They were doing Suicide Squad, but then didn't. Another big-time franchise handed off to new developers, which doesn't happen a ton, but it seems like lately... Well, in this case, I think Rocksteady was just tired of yeah, doing Yeah, he was tired of doing it. I mean, I, no matter how much you love something, dedicate, like, 12 years yeah. straight to it. Also, after Arkham Knight, I am happy to give this to somebody else because yeah. I did not like the <laughs> game very like, much. Yeah, you didn't like the direction the game went. So, yeah, I can understand that. Um, let's see, what's next? Uh, here's Here's a goofy one, but... Maybe it's a red herring to make people believe the list. Uh, Crash Bash is being remade and scheduled in a very specific date for June 19th, 2020. I mean, that feels maybe a bridge too far in the Crash remake world yeah. there. But, uh, okay. I mean, what is but what's left, really? Because they remade the first three already with well, the would, insane trilogy. I feel like I would prefer maybe, like, I don't know. The rumor about a new, a, a, a real the new, new Crash game. We talked about that real. last yeah. week, yeah. Um, but maybe this is where that rumor of the new Crash game was coming from. Could be. It, I, I feel like you're going from, like, the Trilogy remaster to Crash Team Racing remaster to Crash Bash? Yeah. Like, I, like you're definitely on the downhill slope at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, I uh, think, but that's all there is. So I think they're like, if, even if we sell a third of this that we did of the Insane Trilogy, like, we're cool. Yeah, but it just feels like something you'd want to, like, maybe pack in as an extra in the in- Insane Trilogy and not try to sell it on its own. That feels like a stretch, but hey, what do I know? Or just sell it as DLC for the Insane Trilogy. Yeah, like, I don't Something know. like that. Yep. I, I'm right there with you. It doesn't make much sense to me, other than the fact that Insane Trilogy sold. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like saying crazy. it's not real. I'm yeah. just saying, okay. Whatever. <laughs> yep. Okay, next up, um, and this one ended up being revealed today. Uh, it's Resident Evil 3 Remake mm-hmm. revealed. Um, and in this note, it says the release date is unknown. But in the trailer today, if Jared will flip to it, it gives the release date. Right. So. Does that lend credence to this list that it's like release date unknown? I don't know. I mean, you're probably this late in the game. You're probably theoretically would be looking at someone who worked on the post production for this, which means he, they would have seen these trailers or this footage, and like if they put the release date at the end of the Sony trailer, then they put the release date at the end of the Game Awards trailer. So that's that's kind of a strike against this, I think. I mean, all the, this person would need to see is a rundown of the show. Sorta. And like, those why, get, but but those, then why are there release dates for, like, Crash Bash on that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. A specific date for Crash yeah. Bash, like, the day. Um, also revealed today for the Resident Evil 3 remake um, is that Project Resistance, which is that Resident Evil-themed asymmetrical multiplayer shooter we've talked about a couple times on the show, is actually the multiplayer mode for the Resident Evil 3 remake. Mm-hmm. So it is going to have the campaign and then have a pretty extensive multiplayer mode. Uh, that should elevate it up above the RE2 remake that we got this year. Yeah. Also interesting that that supposed leak doesn't mention that. Right. That it, Project Resistance is... that would be something you would probably want to point out. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty clever of Capcom... I think that's the right move. It, it is. Cer- it certainly means I will pl- eventually I'll try it. I'll try it, yeah. Which I would not <laughs> if we were selling that on its own. So Yeah. 
Um, I mean, it's pretty smart on Capcom's part. And the fact that it they showed it before they announced the Resident Evil 3 remake, do you think that adds credence to these leaks or it detracts from I think it detracts. Yeah. I think if if you know that Resident Evil 3 is in the Game Award show, why wouldn't you also know this is in there and part of the same project? Okay. Like, I, I would say that that would be... Because especially when you're leaking this before State of Play airs, like, that would be a big deal and a big thing to, like, lend credence to what you're saying if you say, like, oh, and Resident Evil Resistance is, is part of this game. Yeah. Because that's one of the most obvious things as part of, like, what they're promoting here. Yep, it's true. Uh, still a good... I, I'm glad that... Uh, Resistance is a part of a bigger package. Oh, that is a definitely package. a smart move, yeah. If it, a standalone multiplayer-only Resident Evil game is probably not a wise <laughs> Nope. Uh, we saw that with Metal Gear. Yeah. <laughs> with Metal Gear Survive. What a disaster that was. Uh, let's see. Next up, here's a pretty big one. A remake of Banjo-Kazooie titled banjo Redoey. Like, that's dumb enough to be real, <laughs> but, like... I don't know. Uh, scheduled for fall of 2020. I'd play it. Well, yeah, of course. But, like, what does that even look like? Like, is it... I hope it looks like the art style from Banjo-Kazooie and not the art style they use for nuts and bolts. Right. That's what I'm hoping. Like, I don't know what you do with that to make it worth playing over, like, the thing that's already on Xbox One as part of the Rare Replay collection. Like, is it just... Does it just look like this, but, like more realistic like what I, I don't know what you I guess you just make it look like Luigi's Mansion or like I mean I would also guess that it would be like a double pack Banjo Kazooie Banjo Tooie Oh I would be shocked if they did that Those are big like, games though Yeah Tooie's Tooie's gigantic Tooie's too big to pack into something like that you, they would be separate It'd just be a lot of work It'd obviously yeah. fit on a disc no problem Oh but. yeah but like it's just <laughs> you wouldn't do all that work and then just give it away like that Yeah You'd do one and see how it sold yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, a Banjo-Kazooie remake. Um, it's a great game. It's yeah. one of the best platformers ever made. But just I, I struggle I to see the logic behind yeah, it. Yeah, when I feel like the, the Xbox One version of this already is good enough. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I don't know, what, you, I don't know what you add to that to, to make it, like, tempting for someone who already has access to their Rare Replay. Yeah, and you also wonder, too, like, you know, a lot of people just got it. <laughs> Why would they spend another 60 bucks on a remake when they just got it in Rare Replay and it's on Xbox Live and blah, 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 and it looks and runs pretty good? Um, yeah, I. this is one of the rumors to me, even though the title is perfect. Yeah. This is one of the ones that kind of sends up red flags for me. It just it, I, it doesn't compute for me, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, next up. PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2. That has been rumored for a while. Mm. Uh, the first game was completely forgettable. Yep. And the biggest problem is that PlayStation just doesn't have the characters to fill out a big roster for a game like this. Well, and also I think the way they they worked the combat just didn't function. Like it was it was not as compelling. No, for sure. As what Regardless of the says. characters, it wasn't. It was yeah. just wasn't as good a game. Yeah. Bottom line, and it doesn't really have the cachet. I mean, what does it have? Like twenty characters, probably. It's something like that. I don't remember. I mean, it had a pretty good roster. But a lot of them like, were from, like, third-party games and, yeah. like, indie stuff. And you kind of, and also, like, they just don't gel together the way Nintendo's crew does. Like, because Nintendo obviously has, you know, Smash Brothers has some, like, crazy additions, especially recently as they sort of run out of, like, you know, core characters to use. Um, but, like, just watching Nate Drake beat the crap out of the Ape Escape kid is just weird. It like, is I don't, weird. I don't know, like... 
I don't know if there's Nintendo's managed to capture that charm. Yeah, and I don't there's not the same kind of charm from like watching the Dead Space guy get attacked by the medieval guy. It's yeah. just not it's not there. Yeah, I'd agree. Um but I think I mean it, I don't see any reason to try that again, but like I'm yeah, not Yeah, the game say didn't sell that well. No. I, but they, you know, they probably figure we need to be in that space. We need yeah, to have Sony a first might just, party fighting so, game. Yeah, Sony might just see those Smash Brothers dollars. Like, and, if we can get a third of that, yeah, we're cool. We're good. Yeah. I mean, you think about, like, Detroit or whatever, it probably would outsell Detroit. Maybe. I mean, one thing I would say doing with to do with that would be, like, make it more than just fighting. Like, add some other – make it more like kind of an Olympics thing. Mm. Like, and we could finally get uncharted karting. Right. Uncarted. <laughs> uncarted. <laughs> um, that's the only thing I would think is, like, you know – don't just straight rip Smash Brothers off. Like make it which is more what they of, did. Make it more of like a the PlayStation characters get together to like compete, party, have fun. Sort of yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, karaoke t- man. Yeah. Next up, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Follow One and Two remake. You'll unlock Scheduled for summer twenty twenty by the real pros. I mean, I'd play it. Yeah. If they did it right, as opposed to the HD version that was not. It was a piece of junk. Good. Yeah. Um, so I think that was Beanox that made that. Yeah, I think that's right. And, I mean, it that, that Beanox also made the god awful Tony Hawk's real skateboard, like, peripheral yeah. game. They wow. Made, <laughs> they, made a, they, they made a couple of decent uh, Spider Man games, though. They did. Yeah. For whatever reason, the, the Tony Hawk franchise just has not worked for them. So hopefully, if this is true, that they have other developers. Neversoft isn't around anymore, so no. it can't make it. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it has been interesting to me that like Tony Hawk has been in like internet media a lot the last couple of weeks. He has. So he's, he's been doing some stuff. He's been um, talking, too, about... The that, game that, that, about yeah, Activision. There is a pro, Tony Hawk Pro Skater in development. Of some uh, yeah, form. I watch a lot of skate videos on YouTube, and I've caught a couple interviews with him recently where he's like, oh, I just came from meeting with Activision. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, I can't say anything, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Also, also, look up, uh, I think it was for Wired. He did a YouTube video of uh, analyzing skateboarding scenes in movies, <laughs> which is really interesting. Huh, I like, bet. In part because he's in some of them. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, he's like, like, like what do you think of this? He's like, yeah, that's me <laughs> in the pink shirt right there. But it's fascinating because he, he does a lot of, like, you know, uh, like he watches, like, five, six seconds maybe of things. He's like, oh, that's this person and this person and that person. And when it cuts to this shot, that's this person. It's not the same guy. Oh, yeah. And he's like, this trick is cut together with this trick. I mean, he all he needs to see is like 15 frames of something. He knows what trick it is, why it doesn't match up with the previous shot. He's like, and like one, at one point, he's like, really, the problem is they didn't have a skater in the edit bay. And yeah. I, I was like, man, that's true. That's a good point. Like, yeah. I just think that video – look up that video. It's just fascinating if you don't care about skateboarding, cause, which, which I don't really. But, like, watching him able to just process that amount of information, which I have – I mean, he, he's like – he can tell shit in, like, a split second that I couldn't tell by watching it 15 times. That's I mean, I skated really, for really over weird. a decade, and I watch, like, skate competitions now. I can't call out the tricks, like, mm-hmm. as fast as the announcers do. Because He's, the other yeah. thing, too, is that, like, skaters now skate switch dance. Mm-hmm. When I skated, you chose which way you're going to skate, either common or goofy foot, and that's the way you skated. Because when I first started skating, the boards weren't even the same on both ends. Like, you had a nose and a tail. Mm-hmm. And then once the boards started becoming kind of the same on both ends, people started skating both directions. And so mm. I can pick up most tricks, but I can never figure out whether they're whether they're fight they're doing it their normal foot or switch stance because I don't know. Yeah, he calls that out constantly. Oh in yeah, video, and it's just like I and don't like know. I don't know what 
each skater skates normally as. Like, I don't mm. know what is common for them. Does that yeah. guy skate switch dance or does he skate con? I guess if you're personal friends with all of them, I'm you sure know. it's a different Yeah, thing. like I can <laughs> tell you all the guys I skated with back in the day, I can tell you whether they're common-footed yeah. or goofy-footed. Every single one of them, but still. He, but he's very, inter- it's very interesting. Yep. And, like, and uh, the other thing I didn't realize, because I don't know skate culture very well, uh, he, he constantly gives huge respect and props to Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, not because he thinks it got skateboarding perfectly right, but he's like, so many people got into skateboarding because of Back to the Future. He's absolutely right. And he's like, he's like, he's like, I, he's like, I went to see that movie when it came out in 1985, and I was like, oh my god, someone's skateboarding in a major motion picture. Like, like well, no he one... skates and he picks yeah. up his board, and I remember me and my friends being like, oh, like skateboarding's cool now, yeah. and that was it. Like literally, like yeah. it worked. And absolutely. when you think about, it, I, I never thought about that aspect of that movie until I saw that Tony Hawk video where I'm like. Yeah, it's 1985. That movie was made by Robert Zemeckis and Steven Spielberg. Who, why the, how the hell did skateboarding end up in that and movie? I, like I, I mean, I've known it all along because it, it worked it on me. It just makes sense. Well, it makes sense to us because we were like, oh, yeah, everybody skateboard. Like, we're, you know, we, yeah. That was a thing that was part of our world and our culture. But, like, the idea that they put that in there is – like, there's a foresight to that that I've never given that movie credit yeah. for. And it's just, like, another reason to love that movie. It's a great film. But yeah, look that Wired video up with Tony Hawk. It's a really good watch. Uh, so what about remakes of 1 and 2? Does it move the needle at all? I mean, I would play them. I I love I love one and two more than the rest of the series because one and two, while they're not tremendous skateboarding sims, they are basically the best action platformers ever. They're made. just fun, like and finding they- those lines and you know figuring out all those levels and getting all the. Le- I mean, I played that over. I, I've told that story before, but when it came out on the PlayStation One, I played it with my friend at his place, and he at the time lived in the back of this woman's house and like their her like bungalow, rented it out with his wife. And um, the only place to – it was open on an alley. The only place to park was this parking lot that was by a church. And there was this crazy neighbor who would constantly watch the parking lot. And if you parked in there and you weren't going to the church even at 2 in the freaking morning, he'd call <laughs> tell it, you. He'd talk, try to tell yeah. you. And we would argue with him constantly. And, like, I parked there that one night. We hit a point where I'm just like, I don't give a shit. He's not going to do anything. So I parked there. We played Tony Hawk till like, 6 in the morning. I went out. My car was gone. <laughs> the tow place didn't open until 9. Uh, so we just went back in and played three more hours of Tony Hawk before we went out to to get, get the my car, car back. Yeah. Uh, and then more things happened with that man, you can imagine. <laughs> but uh, it was just one of those things, right? Well, guess we got to go play more. T- so, yeah, like even when your car is missing, you can play Tony Hawk and lose yourself in that thing. It's the more complicated game. the franchises become, the worse it got. Yes. And I, I, to sure. me personally, I, the more simplified concepts of the first two games are absolutely mm-hmm. what they should be working on going forward. They should work more on creating bigger levels so you can create more lines yes. instead of overcomplicating the game and including this goofy story mode mm-hmm. with a bunch of wooden skaters who yeah. can't act. Absolutely so. agreed. And like I, for me the this, this series pretty much ended for me when they added manuals. Wow. Um, That's what I, a lot of people thought it took off. Which I, yeah, I realize cuz it's more like you know linking tricks together yeah. and kind of crap. but to me it's more interesting to have limitations on it and have the level be the level design. You have to find I the agree. level design goes straight downhill as soon as they add manuals cuz they don't need to make all those lines match up yeah. anymore. You can link everything now. Use I agree. Everything. 1000%. Yeah. Uh next up something that you and I just talked about and not a big surprise, uh Metroid Prime Trilogy revealed for Nintendo Switch. Sure. No brainer. I mean, I always thought that would be at this anyway. Yeah. Like, if there's a place to premiere that, it's clearly this. Yeah. Like, you don't want to blow Metroid Prime 4 to Game Awards, maybe. But, like, to show this is, you know, I, I bet that's why Reggie's coming back in part. It could be. I'm, I'm sure be. he's doing some kind of, like, charitable thing as well. Yeah. But, like, the two reasons to bring Reggie back is to make him announce something from Metroid and make him announce Mother 3. And we're not getting Mother 3. Yeah. So it's Metroid. It's got to be Metroid. Yep. 
I think that one's probably pretty safe. Here's maybe a surprise. Sly 5 from Sucker Punch. Yeah, that is a shot. I mean, from Sucker Punch is the bigger shot right. there, I think. Well, it actually, it doesn't say Sucker Punch. I, yeah. I added that. Cause, okay. Cause Sly so it f- could be from another studio. Because Sly 4 was not them. They were, I can't remember the name of that the developer. I don't remember it either. Uh, but it, like, they did a good job. It was fine. Um, but Sucker Punch feels like felt like they were done with Sly for the yeah, most part. Yeah, because it's like, plus it's trying to finish Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. It, I don't want it to be working on a Sly game right now. I no, want I th- it to concentrate. No, I feel like Sucker Punch would have to be all hands on deck on that. And, yeah. And frankly, moving forward, I would think they'd be more interested in Infamous you think? as a follow-up than Sly. But Sly seems to have been handed off fairly effectively. And um, I will always like to see those characters come back. Um I'd rather, Bentley, Adam's favorite Bentley. Yeah, I'd rather play Sly Five than have to go play PlayStation Battle Royale or see <laughs> Sly again. So sure. Uh, and here's the one that throws the baby out with the bathwater, which makes me not believe this entire list. And if this is true, it would bring down the house. Grand Theft Auto Six. I don't believe that for a second. I this like, to me is what. Why would Rockstar do that? I mean, I would say this. I think Rockstar would debut it at something like this with Jeff before it would do it at like an E3 press conference. True, but I mean, even if I mean, it would basically be like it's coming. He, like maybe you'd get like a like a Rockstar logo. Yeah, we haven't even a, got like the logo or anything yeah. yet. And Rockstar does do that. Like yeah. it puts out the art with like the characters and then the yeah. logo. Or, and really, the first sometimes thing that, it puts out the box art before it shows yeah. you the game. Well, the first, first thing they they did with Rock with Red Dead was they just. Put up the Rockstar logo in red. Yep. That's all it had to you know, do. That's all they had to do. <laughs> it's crazy. The thing is, like, it, I just don't see why, because Rockstar loves control, and Rockstar loves to you know run their own narrative uh, on this stuff, and I don't see what the Game Awards gets them. Yeah. It's not, it's not like no, no one, one knows. It's like no one's going <laughs> to seek out GTA 6 information whenever they're ready to put GTA 6 information out in the world. Here is the one thing I would say. Um, I've... I have one of my best friends worked at Rockstar for years. I have several other friends who have worked at Rockstar. Didn't stay there very long. That's not. That's a pretty common story at Rockstar. Uh, but I, I know several people, one of which is one of my best friends who worked at Rockstar. And the one thing I will say is I think a lot of people look at Rockstar games, and because you don't really see the housers, they don't do a lot of interviews, uh, you don't really see the brass from Rockstar doing much of anything. They don't generally mm-hmm. show up at award shows to, to, to receive awards. Uh, they're just, I think to most people, they're like this mysterious, faceless organization that just churns out amazing games. And that last part is right. And ping pong. And table tennis, yeah. But it's not that way. Rockstar is actually run almost like a family business. I would even say almost like a family business. <laughs> like the mom. Mm. Like, it's it's very tight-knit. The people who have been there have been there for a really long time, and they do care about personal relationships. So Red Dead Redemption 2, about to come out. I I had not been in touch with Rockstar since I left game trailers, and so I just assumed. I'm like, well, I'm just going to have to go buy it like everybody else because, look, they were hard to get code from yeah. back then. Giant bomb. Maybe it's changed now, but... The last time I talked to Jeff Gersman, they still didn't get code from Rockstar. So, and there was a big kerfuffle with us with our review of the last Max Payne. Anyway, I had not heard from anyone at Rockstar or even really reached out to Rockstar since I started Sifted. And 
like a week and a half before Red Dead Redemption 2 is supposed to come out, an email pops into my inbox from the head of PR at Rockstar. Like I didn't, I couldn't even, I, I was shocked. Not only did I get an email, they found my email address, which I had not given them. Like when I left GT, I never said, hey, here's my new email address or anything. They had found my email address and sent me review code and specifically said, Shane, respect your work. We want to see what you think of our game. Hmm. Like you don't get that from other developers. So I would say that they're not as faceless as people think. They actually do have kind of an honor code where if they feel like you've done a good job covering their products, they reward you for that. That to me is the slight crack of the door, the door slightly mm-hmm. ajar for this to yeah, be because we don't know what their relationship is with Jeff. I honestly don't. I really don't. So, but he, they could have a great relationship so with him. They do so. have a great relationship with him, and they think that the Game Awards has really come a long way. Not impossible. But it's like a 10% chance. Yeah. yeah. 10%. I mean, I think it's, it's at least, 10%. I think it's 10%. No, I think it's better than that, but very slim still, no matter what. Yeah. It's, it, and again, that is the thing to me that was like the big red flag. Yeah, well that, wasn't there another thing there about gameplay of Breath of the Wild 2? Well, yeah, I was getting to that. I, I mean, don't believe that. Spoiler alert. I thought you were saving GTA for the big finale. No, GTA was, I'm just taking them in order as they were published. And then, as Matt just said, next up, the first gameplay of Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, shown off with a scheduled release date of next fall. Which I mean, makes sense. I mean, that all fits with the kind of the timeline I would expect from that game. And certainly Jeff has a very good relationship with Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Um, I would give that better odds than GTA 6 showing up. Yep. I honestly think it's pretty likely. Possible. I, I, I'm i not skeptical of it at all. As far as, like, it's that, I'm least skeptical of that compared mm-hmm. to a lot of this stuff. At the very least, I w- it would be like they'd reveal that, like, yes, it's a co-op game. Yeah. I, th- I mean, it's time. It's time to show the first gameplay of the game. If it's really coming out, and it should be coming out next Christmas, this is the time to show it in action for the first time. Yeah. And didn't they didn't they premiere the... No, nah, it was another thing. The but first like, trailer was E3. Yeah, but Nintendo like does stuff with Jeff regularly. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's... I mean, he, he has huge exclusives from Nintendo mm-hmm. every year at the Game Awards. Uh, Metroid Prime Trilogy, that's not gigantic, really. No. But... like. Like, it's a good also-ran. I mean, it's, it's big for me. but it's, It would it's, be it's the a, smallest exclusive he's ever got from Nintendo for the Game Awards. Yeah. So think it's about it. It's not really that. something to show up for. No. That's why I think this... Especially might... if Miyamoto's flying out. Is he? I don't know. Oh. I thought you saw that he was coming. No, I didn't see anything. But like, Oh, if that's the case, it's definitely happening. If he's here in L.A., it's definitely going to happen. Um, and then the last little My bit... My Miyamoto sensors have not been triggered. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, and then the last little bit is that a Phoenix Wright game, uh, or not game, Phoenix Wright is going to be revealed uh, for Challenger Pack 5 for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Which, it could be. Maybe. I really I have no know. opinion on whether that's true or not. I mean, there's definitely going to be more characters coming. And yeah, I mean, it could be anything at this point. Phoenix yeah. Wright is an odd choice. I mean, but he is mostly associated with like the, the, the game GBA and yeah. DS. Nintendo so. handhelds, yeah. Um, at least he was on there for like 15 years before he, he spread out to mobile devices and everything else you can think of. Yeah. Uh, so that would be a, a wise inclusion in terms of like Nintendo representation. But I also feel like he didn't turn out tremendously well as a character in Marvel vs. Capcom. So I don't know. Like I, I don't know if that's a very exciting thing for Smash fans, but it's hard to get a handle on what Smash fans want it in is. terms of those characters because yeah. it's like everybody wants everything and. 
someone someone be like my most wanted character is this and someone else is like well if that character goes into the game i'm gonna stop playing and like it's like there's no consensus really so yeah so anyway that's it that's the big leak that came out literally like 20 minutes before the show started i scrambled to get all this b-roll together that's when we're talking about all this stuff it worked somehow we got it all up and uh into the show uh, so now Matt and I we're just gonna we're gonna go to the nominees for the Game Awards, and I'm gonna quickly run down the nominees, and you and I are just gonna pick the winner. Like we're not gonna really discuss this. Mm-hmm. Like just top of your head, what do you think's gonna win? Um, keeping in mind that these awards are voted on by a gaggle of fifty to hundred games journalists. So, all right, here we go. Bring it up on the net input, Jared, my computer, so they they can see this stuff. All right. Well, I guess we're just going to start with the big dog. Game of the year. Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, Smash Brothers Ultimate, The Outer Worlds, and that's it. And whoever designed this website did a really crappy job. Yeah, it's not great. It's like, yo, if you have six of something, just fit them on the page. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know who did this. Anyway, what's your pick? Like, what are things going to win? Yep. Uh, Death Stranding. I think this is the Death Stranding show. Keeping in mind that IGN just gave Control Game of the Year, right? Yeah. Which, shocker. Has there ever been a Game of the Year that sold less? No. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't. Mm, it's crazy. Don't know. That game apparently, just got Apparently big. Control did okay, though, because it turned out it only cost $30 million. I know. That's so. insane. That's insane. I mean, good for them. I mean, it seems like they've thought ahead there, but, like, if Control was not, in fact, a, a disaster for the company, great, because I would like to see more of that universe. I guess that universe is really Alan Wake, isn't it? Yep. Ah, uh, man. This, I, I With these awards... I mean, there's I, a non-zero chance of Smash Brothers, but I feel like this is the Death Stranding I think show. there's a non-zero chance of Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Because what I find with these awards a lot of times is if you just go look at Metacritic mm-hmm. and look at what got the highest score, like... Eight times out of ten, that's what wins at the Game Awards. Yeah, I just... And it's the highest-reviewed game of the year, RE2. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I just... I got this feeling in my gut that this is the Death Stranding show. I think it's Death Stranding. Yeah. I think it is, too. So that's two votes for Death Stranding. Um, Action game of the year. Apex Legends, Astral Chain, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Devil May Cry 5, Gears 5, or Metro Exodus? Wow. Um... I mean, my instinct would be to say Apex Legends. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's the big story of the year. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be Apex Legends, too. Um, it's like tri- that is like triple five, A, For me, that's play. like five coin flips. Like, yeah. I guess like my favorite game out of that whole lineup was probably Gears 5. Yeah. But in terms of what I think will we'll win this in this situation, I think Apex Legends. Yeah, based upon who votes on this, I'm guessing Apex Legends as well. Again... Don't draw any insight into this for our Game of the Year awards coming next week because this is yeah, us. Apex Legends will not be on my list. It will list, definitely not be my shooter of the year, just so you know. Action-adventure game. Uh, Borderlands 3, again, the genres in these, these awards are all goofy. Borderlands 3, Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Link's Awakening, or Sekiro? Death Stranding. Yep. But I will say this. These awards aren't logical. So just no. because Death Stranding won Game of the Year, that doesn't mean it's going to win its genre award. True. Which is really goofy. I but. would also say, like, there's a, a, I feel like whatever maybe doesn't win this might win Game of the Year. So it's like either, this is either Resident Evil or De- Death Stranding, and the Game of the Year is either Resident Evil or Death It'll Stranding. It'll flip. Yeah. yeah that's, that's possible. That's probably true. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Control does in these, though. So. Yeah. Control is definitely the dark horse, but I wouldn't say it has no chance. Yeah. Okay. 
Art direction, skip, audio design, community support. Death Stranding, Death Stranding. Content creator of the year, blah, blah, blah. Death Stranding. Esports coach. Death Stranding. Look at all these esports, 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 esports. Kojima, Norman Reedus. And look, these are, it's probably all money driven. Like, there's sponsors from esports, and that's why there's so many categories. Family game, eh. Death Stranding. (laughs) I would go, uh. I'd say Ring Fit Adventure on that one. Uh, It has a really good reputation among the press. Yeah. Hmm. It's probably probably Ring Fit Adventure Smash. Or Super Mario Maker 2. I see all the journalists sharing their levels yeah, they've made I, on I, Twitter. I, I, think, I think it's ring, either Smash for just sheer popularity or Ring Fit for, like, good of the nation sort of thing. That's a tough one. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's Smash. It's going to be Smash. It's just too big. Fighting game. Smash. Smash. Yep. Indie game. Um, Are these all the nominees. Yep, that's it. I mean, whoever designed this website, man, yeah, must that's have been on great. crack. I mean, that has to be Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's the only thing that everyone on the judging panel has played. Yeah, it should be Disco Elysium, but it's not going to be. I'm glad Disco Elysium is just in there. Yeah, Untitled Goose Game is going to win it. It's like the darling or whatever. Game, game direction. direction. Gee, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Death Stranding. Ba- and it basically, who's the best game director? If there is if there is one category Death Stranding is winning, no question, it's that this one. That is it. Because <laughs> you know who the game director because was. Because otherwise Kojima ain't sitting on a 13-hour flight <laughs> to come out for this crap. Come yep. Uh, games for Impact. Let's skip over that one. Independent game. Didn't we just do this? Um, No, this is different. <laughs> it seems like it's the same. It's the same except for Katana Zero. Yeah. I think that's still... They won't give the same game twice, so Disco Elysium for this one. Maybe. That's what I'd say. Or just the Goose game. Although that Baba is You, apparently, is something I've not played Also, Outer Wilds is a a darling. Yeah. I mean, Outer Wilds is solid stuff. I mean, they're all good games, but we're just trying to figure out what they're going to pick. I mean, I think it's probably also Goose. Hmm. Goose. I'll go with Disco Elysium on this one. Mobile game, no one cares. Multiplayer game, Apex Legends. Nope. They'll vote for the Division 2, I bet. You think? Yeah, I th- I think that I think Tetris ninety nine might be an outside outside winner there. Yeah, everybody likes Tetris ninety nine. I mean, it's free. I would be shocked if they picked that as a winner. It's just Tetris. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, on one hand, yes, but on the other hand, think about who makes up the press. They're all Nintendo fans who grew up playing this shit and Tetris, yeah. Tetris, Tetris. Yeah, I think Division two wins that one. My bet is Tetris ninety nine because again, they won't give another word to Apex Legends narrative. Plague Tale Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, The Outer Worlds. I mean, it should be anything but Death Stranding, but it's going to be Death Stranding. <sighs> mm. Yeah, I'm glad Plague Tale's nominated. It should be. Yeah, it should, it should be. be in there. Yep, absolutely. You mentioned that when you were when it came out, how good the story was. Yeah, I'm going with Death Stranding as well. Game as a service or ongoing game, as they call it. Fortnite. Yep. Performance. No one cares about these. RPG. Well, that's got to be Norman Reedus, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Probably so. If uh, you see Norman Reedus in the audience, it's Norman Reedus. <laughs> Look at Ashley Burt. She looks all different now. Yeah. Well, I mean, she'd be my pick. Yeah. For this. She should like, she's, she, she, her. But, <laughs> at this point, I will buy a game just because she does a voice in it. Yeah. Like, she's extremely good. Yep. But you're right, it'll be Norman. Because if he can get Norman Reedus to come on stage at his award show, right? huge. Uh, role-playing game, best RPG. Um, this one, Disco Elysium It should wins. be Disco Elysium, but I, I'm going to say it's probably going to be Monster Hunter World. 
Oh, you're right. Press no, it's just Iceborne, though. It's not. Yeah, but they still love Monster Hunter World. Hmm. I'll go with Disco Elysium on that one. I hope you're right. Score music, sports racing game. That doesn't matter. Strategy game. Age of Wonders, Plan- Planetfall, Anno eighteen hundred. Wow, you know if they nominated Anno, this category was was slim pickings. Fire Emblem Three Houses, Three Kingdoms, Tropico Six, War Groove. I think it's either Fire Emblem or Total War. It's gonna be Fire Emblem. It scored so much higher. Well, actually, Three Kingdoms. Three Kingdoms scored very high. It did, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go I, Fire Emblem. I lean Fire Emblem. I think it's kind of a coin flip. Because I think too. more people played Fire Emblem than played yeah, you're probably right. of, of the journalists. I think more of them would have taken the time to play Fire yeah, Emblem. Yeah, you're probably right. VR AR game. Oh, boy. Beat Saber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the VR game of forever. I think they'll get that one right. Yeah. And that's it. So there you go. All the nominees, our picks for what we think we will win. Will win Again, these are not our picks. We're going to have completely different picks for our Game of the Year awards next week. Uh, we're just trying to guess what we think the journalists are going are gonna to pick. And uh, the Game Awards is on Thursday. What is it, like 6 Starts p.m.? Starts at 5.30 Pacific, but that might be like, like the pre-show, pre-show thing. thing. Yeah. So 5.30, 6-ish. We'll have it curated and ready to rock. On but he, they do a lot of like trailers and... and the pre-show re- is like pretty little, big. Little pre-show reveal things, and they also sometimes like reveal winners during the pre-show, so I would yeah. tune in for it. Yep. But if you just go to sifted.net, we'll have it uh, curated. It'll be pinned to the top of your sift. You won't be able to miss it again on Thursday night. Um, we wish Jeff all the best luck. Uh, this is kind of the first time he's doing this show at the end of a generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting, interesting to see if interest wanes a little bit for this edition of the show. Next year will be huge because we'll have Generation 9 kick in, and that'll get complicated, like which games came out in time to make the award cutoff. And... Well, what was the cutoff for this one, like beginning of November? Yeah, because Smash obviously came out last year, but it's in this year's awards because it just missed the cut last yeah, year. because it was like December 3rd or something. Yeah, yeah. So Disco Elysium made it, barely. Yep. yep. But, uh, yeah, makes you wonder, like, I mean, will PlayStation 5 come out in time? I mean, I would imagine if you're Jeff, you just move the goalpost. Yeah, you just, you just move, move the, the goalpost. The, the goalpost <laughs> until he's like, so you can get the PlayStation get it in launch there. games in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it'll, it'll probably come out in November. That's my guess. Yeah. Both consoles, I think. Um, hey, I've, Don uh, Lionheart, thank you for the mega cheer. That's awesome. Yeah, Appreciate Fallen it. Order did miss it. That's right. Fallen Order came out too late. Oh, it missed the cutoff. Yeah. Interesting. Which was the 15th. So yeah. And I wonder, that game will get lost probably in the shuffle Oh, so next the cutoff year. was, in fact, the day Star Wars came out. The day it came out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Vincent, for that update. Yeah, that stinks. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, next week. Yeah, there's one right that's here, not, we'll not going to be remembered next year. Yeah, for the that stinks, man. Be, and it would be remembered if it weren't for the new consoles coming out. On Pokemon. Pokemon didn't make it either. Oh, it missed a cutoff, You'll too. see some Pokemon nominees next year. I it, oh, it'll definitely. Yeah. <laughs> people will remember that. You never forget Nintendo. Even though its Metacritic is only 80. I'm still really shocked by that. Because yeah. Let's Go scored higher than that. Its Metacritic is way higher. Let's Go has a lot of nostalgia rolling for yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting to see how that kind of affected things. I mean, it affected me. I was more excited for Let's Go than Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. And Adam, I'm almost done with Sword and Shield. I think I did enjoy playing Let's Go more. I don't know. I, I think I might like them about even. Yeah. I mean, there's parts of each one that I like more yeah. than the others, for sure. The perfect Pokemon game has yet to be made. Yep. That's something to strive for still. <laughs> but we're probably not going to see another one for, like, literally, like, four or five years. Oh, I think we'll see another one, like, next year. 
Really? Next year, the year after. Yeah, we'll see an ultra, an ultra sword and shield. Oh, 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 I mean like a new entry, a brand new one. Yeah, yeah. probably be three, year, three or four years. Switch two or something. Yep. Launch. We'll, we'll game. see. I think we'll see a, a ultra, ultra shield and ultra sword, and we will see, um, uh, let's go style gold and silver. And uh, I mean, there's probably remakes of uh, Diamond and Pearl in the pipeline somewhere. Hopefully, black and white. The best Pokemon ever. Long way out. Yeah, it is for sure. All right, let's move on. Again, Game Awards Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. Uh, Next, we're going to talk about the PlayStation's 25th anniversary. We probably should have talked about this last week because it was – last week's show was the exact day. Mm -hmm. December 3rd was the 25th anniversary of PlayStation. Uh, The show is packed with like 10 topics last week. It didn't make it in. It is making it in this week. Um, First of all, Matt, what is your – best memory of being a PlayStation gamer over the last 25 years? Oh. Uh, like, specifically tied to the console? Yeah. Um, probably, I would say that's probably when uh, my ro- same roommate who had the 3DO got a PlayStation 1 when it first came out. And uh, he got a couple of launch games, but the main thing he got was um, Game Day, NFL Game Day. And it's great. It's the best football game we, on the market at the uh, time. My ent- we had we had a, our setup uh, when, uh, in that dorm was a, it was like a suite. So there was a bathroom, a communal bathroom, and then there was like on each side was connected like a little common room on either side, and then there was a double and a single on each side. So there were six people per suite. And the, my roommate and I were friends with the guys in the double on the other side of the bathroom, and the guy who lived in the single there, and they would all come over and play game day with us. And we started a whole league and we had a whiteboard with like brackets and shit. We almost failed finals. Like, <laughs> all we did all through November and beginning of December, like, like there were things where like, like we were like asleep on the floor in my room and someone would wake up and was like, Oh, I gotta go to my final. It's just like, <laughs> like, it w- we were, we were horrible children. Like it was basically, <laughs> but like we had tons and tons of fun. It's the only time I think I ever cared about football that much. It was yeah. like fi- we're doing research on that and figuring this out. I, I played the Raiders, um, did not win. Game day all. was great, man. But it was just tons of fun. Entries, it was like yeah. the first time I ever really under started to kind of understand how football strategy worked just by playing it as much yeah. as I did. And like the other guys, because the other guys were all sports guys. Remember nine eight nine studios? Oh yeah, it was the other guys were sports <laughs> guys. They were like they were like a lacrosse player, and I like, and like they, like like they were excited because like they got to teach me something about a video game. Yeah. And like normally it was me showing them yeah. how to play stuff. And they're like, like oh, I got to do that. So like it was like a, a whole like reversal of that and they could like win against me and they couldn't win against me in Battle Arena Toshinden. Yeah. So it was just sort of like, it, we, we all had a great, great time. Okay. Was, so that was probably my, f- and that was probably my first, I'm like, oh, this PlayStation thing's pretty good. <laughs> right. I kind of like it. Um, my, my mo- I think most important memory of the first 25 years of PlayStation gaming Happened at a club, believe it or not. Hmm. Um, I was uh, in school in Philadelphia at Temple, and um, all my friends there were, they threw raves, and they had club nights in Philly. And I was the only gamer in our whole crew. And uh, it was one of those things that I did by myself. Like, I could get other people to play against me at, like, NHL 94, 
But then I'd crush them, and they wouldn't want to play. So I, I always was trying to get my friends to play games like I did, to love them as much as I did, to be into them as much as I did. So it wasn't something that I had to do, like, in my bedroom, and I couldn't, like, hang out in the living room. So one night, my buddy, his club night was called Yo Man, because it's a Philly club night. Why wouldn't it be called Yo Man? And uh, he put Yoda out the man, Yoda man. <laughs> he put out flyers for the next Friday, and I look, and there's a PlayStation logo on the flyer. And I call him on the landline because <laughs> there were no cell phones. And I'm like, Did you have to dial <laughs> the rotary. I'm like, Kevin. I'm like, what's the what's this PlayStation logo doing on your flyer? And he's like, Oh, they're coming next week. And I'm like, What do you mean they're coming? He's like, They're coming, and they're setting up a bunch of kiosks. And people are just going to be able to play it for free. And this was, like, mm-hmm. months before it had come out. Like, Sony was doing this underground, like, grassroots marketing thing. And they had discovered my buddy's parties and was like, we want to do it at your parties. And so the next week rolled around. And sure enough, we roll in there. And there are, like, 20 PlayStation kiosks inside the club that they had come in and set up. And I saw everyone playing it that night. And I didn't really think anything of it. And I played it for a little bit. I had to DJ that night. And I was... When I would DJ, I was, like, in the zone. Like, I wouldn't talk to anybody. I was just like, these are my tracks I'm playing. Like, I was just focused. And so I didn't even play it that night. And then, like, the night's over or whatever. And then I just start noticing my friends start talking about video games. Mm -hmm. Because they did play that night. They weren't DJing or have any responsibilities. They played, like, all night. And I noticed over the next couple months, they're like, that PlayStation thing that was at Yo Man, that thing was pretty hot and blah, blah. Next thing you know, launch day comes, they all go out and buy it. And then from then on, like, my life changed. Like, all my friends played games then from now on. And that, to me, is one of the biggest achievements of PlayStation, is breaking it out of this kind of enclosed cocoon that I had been in for a really, really long time mm-hmm. and making it something that seemed – and it, it's absurd to me to say this, but this is the way they really perceived it. Like, a lot of people felt like PlayStation made gaming cool. The subject matter, um, the fact that it had games that were at least slightly angled towards adults. Yeah, I um, think that's fair to say. For and sure. that was a shift, and it got all oh, yeah. my friends into gaming. And look, eventually some of those friends even realized after a few years of really being into it, you know what, Nintendo makes the best games. And now they're big Nintendo gamers and they play everything. But it was the PlayStation that mm-hmm. basically greased the wheels to get them in, and I feel like that's a pretty common story for a lot yeah. of people. I think that would probably be if I was going to – my other pick would have been – because I didn't get my own PlayStation until 97 in preparation for Final Fantasy VII. Um, and, um, but I got it a few months before that because there was a deal on it, and I wanted to play Wild Arms. And that fall, when I came back from college for Christmas, I brought the PlayStation, a bunch of stuff, and I brought it over um, to show a couple of my friends who I knew were into games, because I, I knew several several people into games. They're all my high school friends, and we we're going to have a big house party at this party. Uh, the one of our friends was house sitting for this big house, and we we're just going to have a party there with with permission. But <laughs> that's uh, no fun. They're out of town. <laughs> but uh, I mean, we were we were twenty one. Yeah. It didn't matter. But uh, so in the in the front kind of family room, I set up the PlayStation, and the thing, game I was showing my friends was uh, Parappa the Rapper. Yeah, that was new. That's at the a time. party hit. Yep. About an by an hour later, the party had stopped, and everyone was in that room taking turns playing Parappa the Rapper, and yeah. I was like. Like people I knew, who <laughs> you were disappointed. They, they, you know, they they weren't gamers. They never yeah. they never made fun of me for games. They were like, you know, were very patient if I wanted to play Mortal Kombat. We were at Seven Eleven or whatever. Right. But like they weren't, they didn't play games. Yeah. Every single person in that room took a turn on that thing. Yeah. And I was like, 
I think there might be something there to might it. Something to it this, was, yeah. you know, a year before, I had had a similar experience with the N64 and Shadows of the Empire and Mario 64 at a Christmas party as well. Yeah. But this was different. People that girls. had never. Oh, no, I play girls who played games all oh, my yeah. life. Yeah. Like, couple, as a matter of fact, uh, when I came back from college, one of the first things one of my girls, uh, one of my female friends asked me is, could I borrow your Super Nintendo? Because she wanted to oh, play wow. Mario World again. I did not have that luxury. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but this was also a lot of girls who I were always never touch games, and all of a sudden they want to play Parappa, yeah, they want yeah. to play Bust a Groove, they want to play all that stuff. And, like, I was like, all right, that's this is different. Like, we had never stopped a party before to yeah. do anything other than party. Right. And yeah. it's it ended the part. Like, everyone wow. just played Parappa till like, you know, they passed out, basically. Yeah. It was crazy. I'd never seen that before. Huh. Um, and I was like, "That's new." Very similar story. So to yeah, very similar yep. to that. I mean, it was it was no rave, yeah. but uh, it was <laughs> it was not how I expected the night to go. Yeah. And from then on, it was pretty much how that how that world like people were like willing to try video games again. Okay. Now we're gonna share what both of us believe was the most or has been the most important moment in PlayStation history. What what was the turning point? What was that moment in, over the last 25 years that set PlayStation onto the path of success that it's enjoyed for a quarter mm-hmm. of a century? Matt, what's your pick? Uh, my pick is pretty much the first PlayStation moment, which was at the first E3, and Sega got up and did their Saturn presentation and announced that their this game and that oh, it's By the way, it's available right now. You can go out and buy it right now with, like, two terrible launch games that no one asked for. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> what? And it's, it's 399 U.S. dollars. And they finished their Not thing. Not 500 Not 599 <laughs> They finished their thing. I mean, that was a lot in 1994 money. Hell yeah. money. Hell yeah. And they left. They get off the off – the, by the way, this is when all the press conferences were at the same podium. Right. In the they same took room. Turns at the same time. Yeah, the- like, <laughs> and the Sony rep comes up to the podium and leans into the mic and goes – Two hundred ninety nine dollars, and that was room, it. That was it. Yeah. Room exploded, <laughs> like it was a hundred bucks less than the Saturn, and and a story. Over. And so there have been a lot of other things over the years. Uh, you know, PlayStation 2's DVD player, you yeah. know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But that first foothold when everyone's like, oh, "Is anyone even gonna buy a Sony video game console?" Like. Not a Sega or Nintendo. Like, why would you trust anyone who isn't Sega or Nintendo to make video game? And they, they said that, and I was like, yeah, hundred bucks less for sure. Yeah, <laughs> like that was it. Like it was really like that was the moment. Where I'm even reading because I didn't see it. Obviously, you can find video of that online now. But like, yeah. I read about it in a magazine. I'm like, oh, that's done. Like, even as a Sega fan, I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's that's the end of that. Yeah, there were no live streams of E3 back then. No, <laughs> it wasn't a thing. But it was like it was things like that, or like you know, and I guess like. You know, I had my own moments, but like in terms of like the business, in terms of like oh, Sony's going to be here to stay. Like that was the first time. I mean, even as a as a nineteen year old kid, was like, oh, that's that's huge. Yeah, like, that's the fact that this guy and the fact that the Sony guy knew to just go up and say the price. That's first, all he had to do. Because after seeing that whole presentation from Sega, all they they knew all they had to do was be cheaper. Yep, and they were, and they were, and it worked. And that, and that's where it all starts. Yep. Okay, my pick, and I think this is probably your second pick. Um, to me, the most important, and I would argue the most important moment, not just for PlayStation, although it was, maybe one of the most important moments for gaming in general. There's definitely, a sh- if you're saying what you're, what you're about to say, there was definitely a distinct sea change in how things were seen, marketed, perceived, expected, yeah. perceived. Thanks a lot, game fan. <laughs> I mean, not all of it positive. Like, I don't That's cons- true. Yeah, yeah it, but it did change things. Yep, and that is... 
Final Fantasy VII going to PlayStation. Um, you guys, a lot of you guys probably weren't into games, or maybe some of you guys weren't even alive, to be honest, back when this yeah. happened. But I was a huge gamer when the generations were beginning to shift. And Nintendo had already shown some screenshots in the Nintendo Power of Final Fantasy VII coming to the Nintendo 64. Uh, a lot of people were planning on buying the N64 because they mm-hmm. knew Final Fantasy games were going to be there. Which we now know is basically, was basically like a demo test thing yep. using Final Fantasy VI. Like, it was all smoke and mirrors, yeah, was... basically. And instead, they decided to go to PlayStation. And it Which changed. Which Nintendo didn't forgive them for for ever, years. Until like almost all the way through the game. Basically like Crystal Chronicles. Yeah. yeah. They finally were like, okay, we'll work with you again. Uh, it shifted everything in so many different ways. First of all, it showed that one of the most important game developers in the world trusted Sony. Mm-hmm. And that was huge, like what you were talking about. Like, how can you trust Sony? We've been buying these consoles from Nintendo and Sega for all these years, and this company yeah. just comes into the market like, well, I don't trust them. Like, yeah. why and when would you, you see a third party come in like that, what's the first thing you think of? The TurboGrafx. Yeah, exactly. 60, like, all these also rans that never be, were anything, and they all came out of, like, normally technology companies that weren't video game companies. It was just that there was a conventional wisdom that Nintendo and Sega were video game companies. Atari was a video game company. Like, you, video game companies make consoles. These right. weird tech companies trying to get in, they don't understand what we yeah, are. Yeah, they're outsiders trying to yeah. get in, basically. And so... One, it showed to me that the that PlayStation meant business. That if Square Enix will at that time it was just Square, if Square will yep. go over to PlayStation, that means probably a lot of other Japanese developers are yeah, going to jump. It's over hard there. to emphasize how identified with Nintendo platforms Final Fantasy was. Oh, well, it just it was, was. It was only on those. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, I mean, a lot of people thought they were Nintendo games. Yeah, I mean, people who didn't know were like, oh, yeah. Nintendo makes these because they only come out on Nintendo platforms. Right. So that was a big shift. It, it, it helped me gain some, some inspiration in the PlayStation brand. But then, even more importantly, because of the CD-ROM and the ability to stream FMV, it was a total game changer. Yeah. Because this was before there were laws in place where you had to leave like the little things on the bottom of the screen that says not gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like every commercial now has that if they use CG. This is the first game I remember in which the commercials did not show the game. At all. At all. all. all FMV. It was all summons. I mean, basically just all summons. And it, it fooled everybody. Yeah. It was like it was like a 30-second commercial. It was 25 seconds of FMV and like five seconds of Leviathan. Yeah. That was it. And that was it. And it fooled everyone. Like, everybody thought that's what the game... And no one even... Back then, people didn't even understand that FMV was this pre-rendered, pre-recorded thing. Yeah, like, and the console was just playing it. Like, yeah, like my Unless friends, you had, like, a Sega CD, you just didn't... Or a PC, I guess. Yeah. You didn't really have experience with that. Like, I told my friends, I'm like, well, that's all fake. And they're like, what do you mean it's fake? That I'm playing the game... That's what I'm seeing on my TV screen, and it looks way better than anything else. I'm like, but you can't interact with it. They're like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it shifted everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it sold. I can't even imagine how many consoles Final Fantasy VII sold. Like, I think just probably 20 or 30 million, just that game alone. It's it, up there. Then Metal in Metal Gear between that and Metal Gear, like it, those yeah. two games I don't, it, it built was, the PlayStation brand. Yep, yeah, Metal Gear definitely also deserves some of the credit. But I just remember, so Final Fantasy VII came out a little early where I was in in 
when I was in college, I was in the East Bay, and I remember it was back when you could go to Toys R Us and buy video games, or you could go to Toys R Us at all. Really. <laughs> it existed. Um, but I went over and I remember like sometimes the wall of video games was just all those little tags. It was like it was yeah, like a picture, a of, the, picture the of the box. It had a little a little like little pocket with like paper t- paper tags. It said the price on it, and the name of the game. You took it up to the booth. You took it up. You paid for it. You took the receipt to the booth. The booth security gave you booth the gave game. you the game. Yeah. And I remember I went there just to just to go look because that was also where a lot of the restaurants were. So we were going out to eat, and I saw Final Fantasy VII was there, and there were tickets, and I was like. That's not supposed to be out for like another week. Like, what's going on? So I, I picked out and I'm like, okay, let's try. So I went over and I bought it and we got in the game of the game. And I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. Bingo. So I was like, so I went home, went back, and everyone was like, oh, are you, you're going to hang out? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm going back to my room. I'm going to play Final Fantasy. And they're like, okay, see you later, nerd. And like, <laughs> I was playing it. And like 20 minutes later, I hear this knock on my door and I open it. And the guy, the, one of the guys who was like, lived in the, because I had a single, same setup, single, double bathroom. The guy, one of the guys was in the sing, the double next to my single had heard the music and he was like are you playing final fantasy <laughs> i didn't even know this guy knew anything about final fantasy right. I, I didn't know he was a game all i knew he was got up at six in the morning to run every fucking morning yeah. and like woke me up with his damn keys <laughs> but like he was like is that final fantasy i'm like yeah so he's like is that out i'm like this is a whole new thing of yeah. you i've never seen before <laughs> but he came in and like watched me play it for a yeah. while and it's like it was like and so i played that whole thing and um that was like my main memory. That was like playing that and real, and eventually kind of coming to the realization like this isn't as good as six. Yeah, <laughs> but it didn't matter because it set everything so on fire and yeah. and it changed how RPGs are made. It changed how people perceive the PlayStation. Yep. Um, Metal Gear Solid. You could argue that Metal Gear Solid was more closely identified in the end because it, it had such legs on it. It but had I more think Final Fantasy, influence Final on older players. Yeah, for sure. but I think Final Fantasy VII paved the way. It also set the tone of PlayStation One games. PlayStation 1 games between that and Metal Gear are gray and green. Yeah. Like, there's a gray-green yeah. look to them that was not the same as the the poppy, flashy, multicolored Nintendo games, which everyone thought meant that they were mature. Yeah. Um, but it also made every Japanese developer flip to PlayStation. Yep. Once Square announced that, everybody else just followed suit. And basically, yeah. unless and I mean, Nintendo... A lot, of them, a lot of them were already there just because of the disc. Using the disc matters With the so size. much. Yeah, for sure. You it made it so much easier. Stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And being able to stream audio, not having to write MIDI track. And I mean, cheaper. I mean, all of it. Yeah. It was... It was a perfect storm. PlayStation yeah. came in. They were smart. Their hardware was a piece of junk. I ended up owning like four of them. Although but... I remember the, the the initial release, which had the didn't have the, the custom... AV out, it had like just oh, the, yeah, the RCA yeah. outs. Yeah. That became a big DJ thing. It did. Yeah. Like that was supposedly like some of the best sound you could get because yep. it had the individual outputs. Yeah. I remember my DJ friends in college, like, uh, they were playing music through their PlayStation. Music, but they would also, because I had one of the originals, and they, I remember yeah. sometimes my one of my friends would be like, hey, whenever you want to get rid of that, you'll make, because it was starting to hit the point where like you had to flip it upside down yeah. to play it. You get the disc to play right, or I got, you had to prop it up 90 degrees and like 45 degrees and lean, lean against a book, and then it would run. And so, you know, people, the, the weird strategies you had for keeping your PlayStation alive longer than it wanted to be alive where, where I could fill a book on their own. But my like my friends are like, whenever you want to get rid of that, you let me know. I'll take it and fix it up and use it for my DJ stuff because they wanted that yeah. output. And I don't even know if that was true. I don't even know if that was a, a real no, it's thing. it's true. But yeah. It, it, it did sound great for sure. But uh, that for years that was sought after. Yep. So there you go. I 25 years, Matt. I can't even... I don't know. I just had my... <laughs> it's crazy. Like... Here's one thing I'll say. So they're saying 25 years since what, like the announcement that it was coming? I guess, basically, yeah. Because it came out in 95. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, this was. Uh, I mean, I used to have my twenty fifth high school reunion. I'm, I'm, I'm well over the twenty five. Well, I think they're thing. celebrating the Japanese release date. That come out that early? Yeah. yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I think December third it came out in Japan, and then we got it. We oh. got it that, that spring or yeah. something. I think. Yeah. yeah. So that's twenty five years. Here's one thing I'll say to you, younger folks out there, who are in your teens, twenties, maybe early thirties. Though you get, the faster time goes. So to mm-hmm. me, this was 25 years ago. It literally feels like it may have been like eight or nine years. Like I remember everything about it. It. I don't know why it is. When you're like a teenager and even until you go through college, like time seems to go so slow and you find yourself bored. Because your brain's still developing. I guess. Like as you get older, like one, you're never bored because you're always busy or there's something always to occupy your mind. And the time just goes so fast. Also, like you haven't lived long enough. Then, you know, those are larger chunks of your entire lifespan. It's like, you know, it felt uh, one of the reasons I was always disappointed in Return of the Jedi was because I waited three years for it to come out. And I was seven years old and that was half my lifespan. Yeah, that's true. Now something happens three years ago and I'm just like, three years, that's nothing. Like three years is, is... it's pretty nuts. Blink of an eye. Yep. Makes you wonder if you live to be like a thousand. Like, would days even be noticeable? Anymore? I don't know. Like, would that continue to happen <laughs> like more and more to the right. point of absurdity, or is there yeah. like a ceiling? There to has that? to be a ceiling. There has You'd to be. Think. <laughs> we should study that. Maybe we've just discovered like the secret to time travel. Oh no, that is that is not a new idea. I yeah, promise. I'm sure. I've, I've watched many PBS <laughs> Eons videos about that. But anyway, look, if you're young and you find yourself bored sometimes, like, enjoy the boredom. Because when you get older, like, it just feels like every day is, like, a minute long. Not even exaggerating. Like, it just – you look back on a month and it feels like a few days. Well, it's also worse right now because, like, it's just that thing where it's, like, you get up and you do some stuff. You're like, how is it dark already? Yeah, yeah. It's (laughs) 4.30. Yep, that's for sure. So there you go. Congratulations to Sony on the 25th anniversary of PlayStation. 25 years from now, do you think all three will still be in the business? Probably. I think all three? I mean, Xbox might be more of a service than a hardware console. I mean, they all probably will Yeah. in 25 years. That's a long time. Well, Pactors, to be believed, will all just be buying TVs. Yeah. Well, I mean, we might be in 25 years. Or just one all-in-one device that does, like, everything. I just don't buy because, like, no one's going to replace their TV that often. Yeah. And, like, you have to – everybody has the same – nah. It's always going to be a separate box in some form. Yep. So there you go. Congratulations, Sony, on 25 years. Here's to 25 more, and I – Fully believe that they will make it another 25 years. Uh, I don't, I mean. No doubt. I don't know if the PS9 is really going to be an inhalant. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> look that commercial up if you're too young to remember that one. I hope I live to see the 50th anniversary of PlayStation. It's kind of crazy to think that I might not. I mean, that's pretty young to die. I mean, my dad didn't make it to that age, so. Yeah, well, yeah, but wasn't he in a car accident? He was, yeah. Yes. But he had had a massive heart That's, attack before that. Yeah, but, you know, I'm just saying car crashes aren't genetic, so you'll, you'll think you'll be okay. We'll see. 50, 25 years from now, it's a long Statistically, time. you have a pretty good shot. Yeah, we, we can live longer all the time, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to our next topic. We're going to talk about the Switch Online, which we have berated, I believe, although I think maybe we're a little too mean to it because it is so cheap. At just $20 a year, it's hard to complain too much about it. Although, to be fair, since this is the only thing I'm in it for, it's basically done nothing for two months. Yep. So, so yeah, we've waited for months because, really, for a lot of people, the big feature for Switch Online is that you get free SNES and NES games to mm-hmm. play as part of your annual subscription. And for two months, there have been no games added. 
Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's like a year for the cost of like a two and a half, two sandwiches. Yeah, I mean, that's what I yeah. said. For 20 bucks, it's hard to complain too much. But, but at the same but time. But when most people got it, not to play online, but to get access to yeah. these retro games, it's a problem. And finally today, Nintendo. It's like, I know you have them. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, but finally today, Nintendo had a like a Nindies event. And as part of that, it announced the next set of NES and SNES games that are coming to Nintendo Online on Switch. Uh, Star Fox 2, which was just released like as an add-on. Yeah. Well, all of these, I think, are basically from the Super Nintendo Collect c- Classics. Yeah, Kirby Superstar, Super Punch-Out, Breath of Fire 2 yeah. from SNES. Yeah, these are all from the SNES They're just Classic. completing the SNES Classic lineup. That's all it is. What do you mean by completing it? That's just what was missing from what when Oh, you mean as far as get, having all the games from the, classic from the Classic on the service? On the service, yeah. Gotcha. That's all it is. <laughs> right down to Star Fox 2. Yeah, yeah. and then the NES gets Crystallis and Journey to Scyllis. Crystallis is a good game. Yeah, it is It is a good game. Was it on the NES Classic, though? I don't think so. I don't remember. It might have been. Maybe. It might have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think it was. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, regardless... <laughs> Is this good enough, Matt? No, but I'll you know I can wait. Better than nothing. I mean, at least at least they, maybe the next thing will be something that wasn't on the Super Nintendo Classic, and we'll get something interesting. I don't know. What are you waiting for still at this point? I don't know. Like I have all <laughs> the Super Nintendo games I would want, but it's nice to just have them conveniently there on the Switch. Have you played like this stuff on Switch Online? Yeah, I played uh, uh, Zelda and uh, Mario World. I played through most of Mario World again. Um, I turned on Star Fox and realized that I just can't play that anymore. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, it's rough. A lot of these games are hard to play anymore, I think. Yeah. I mean, again, that's why the SNES Classic and the NES Classic, like, I just didn't care. I'd like to see them, you know, put the put Square stuff on there, but I don't think they can because Square sells that stuff separately for absurd yep. amounts of money. It's true. Um, I mean, obviously, I would like to have Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy 2 and 3 on there, but I don't think we're going to get it. With the rewind feature, no doubt. I mean, that yeah. is one thing that kind of changes stuff. Is yeah, I mean, you don't really need that so much for an RPG, but no, uh, it is Action it is nice to have, stuff. for sure. Cer- certainly, it's the only way I'm ever finishing Ghouls and Ghosts again. Yeah, but you look at, like, this list that launched with the service, which is okay. It's a solid list. But, man, we didn't get since then. I mean, yeah. it's been, what, three or four months? like Two months. Two months? September beginning, 5th? Beginning of October. That's, September 5th was a launch date. I thought they announced it then, but it came in October. Oh, uh. I mean, it just said that? it just said September fifth on the well, screen. One, one way or the other, that's too long. Yeah, I mean, I, I, weren't we supposed to get monthly updates to this? No, they said when they launched this that the monthly updates were stopping. Oh, okay. So my question to you is because I'm going to keep subscribing because I do play games online. I still play Splatoon two online uh, and Smash online every yeah. once in a while. Well, I've used some of the online stuff on Pokemon. I mean, it's like it's I'll keep it around just to have full featured stuff, but like I don't know. I don't know. So, but you're gonna so you're gonna stay on Nintendo online? Yeah, sure. I mean, if, it was, if they raise the price, you start really making me question. But I guess maybe the better question is: is what we're getting with Nintendo Online? If you don't play online games, worth twenty bucks a year? I guess it's borderline. I think. Yeah. I mean, if you're people like us who played most of these games when they came out, or have played them on collections across the years, I don't think it's worth it. If you're younger than us, which most people are, <laughs> it's probably then it more probably worth, is. It's probably more worth it also if you like play the system portably. Yeah, which I don't. yeah, that's true. Um, but wait, do you have to be connected to the internet? 
I don't know. To play them? I don't think so. I haven't touched this thing since the day it launched. I played I I recorded B roll of it so we'd have it for game face and I've never went back to it since. So it's not that big of a deal to me. I'm basically paying twenty bucks a year to play games online. Even though I don't do it all that much on Switch, it's I need it to be there. Just uh, like yeah. you said, for like Pokemon. Like I didn't I even also... think about the fact that if that's crazy though, if you think about it, like if you don't have Nintendo online, playing Pokemon Sword and Shield is a pretty different experience. Maybe. I mean, I do. You, you do need it for that, right? Yeah, I mean, it will not just to play the game, but if you want to get all use all its features, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the wild areas are all about online. Yeah. I mean, originally I I. I bought it. Or I put went in on this because I wanted to back up my Zelda save. Um, there was no other. Oh, that's way. right. There's Cloud no save you have to pay for. That's yeah, <laughs> I mean the, the you get that too. I forgot, and that is kind of a big deal. Yeah, I mean I just didn't want to have to do that again. Yeah, should anything happen to my Switch? Cloud to me, cloud saving is a requirement of a console in 2019. I would think so yes. because if you have a hard drive crash and you lose like ever, that's insane well, in 2019. Especially, be, well, mainly, I mean, not even that so much as like, there's no other way to back your save up on the Switch, right? Like you, can, it, it wouldn't let you copy saves. Yeah, I can't copy saves to like my SD card, right. which is weird. So I can't, co- you know, I can, if I absolutely do not want to pay for cloud saves on PlayStation Plus, I can still copy my saves that I want to keep some safe to a, like a USB or a flash Thumb drive, drive or something. Yeah. But you can't do that with this with Switch. Yeah. So like you're holding that basically hostage, hostage behind a $20 paywall and I'd rather pay 20 bucks a year than not be able to back my saves up. Like, and I have me, heard for stories. For me it's like the Super Nintendo and Nintendo the NES stuff just sort of like makes that sting a little less. And I have heard stories of people who had a problem with their Switch sent it in, and they sent it back it to them back wiped. wiped. Yeah. So it's a legitimate concern. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're going to re-up for next year, you think? I mean, what's probably going to happen is I'm going to forget, and they're going to charge me. And I'm <laughs> anyway, going to be like, ah, whatever. <laughs> Whether you want to or not, you're going to fa- Yeah, see, available September 5th. All right. Yeah. So it looked like it did launch on the 5th. Um, Once a quarter, we get Yeah, <laughs> apparently that's what it's shaping games. up for. Yeah, four games a quarter, 16 games a year. That's not terrible, I guess, for twenty bucks. Still, like, gonna take them all to catch up to what their virtual console library was, not like the 3DS that or something. they just had to like start over with. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like the, the fact so that Nintendo has spent has silly. started over three times so now silly. is ridiculous. Why? And you got to pay for it again every, every time. time. Yeah, I don't. I think this is it though. I don't think we have to worry about that again. I would hope so, but like, but who then knows? Nintendo may look you at put it your like, next thing out. Are you gonna have to start over with all this over again? Or are you gonna carry that library forward? But I mean, Nintendo may do. look at it like these suckers just keep buying these same games. So why would that's we? really <laughs> it? And I'm one of them. Like I'm. One of the suckers. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's only been three months, and uh, I don't know. It's worth it just for me to be able to play online, even if I don't do it that much. It's worth it for me to know that like my saves are safe, really, yep. more than anything. I just it's a it's a shitty practice. But what choice do you have? Yeah, when you got 50, 60, 70 hours of your life sitting in ones and zeros, there's a lot of value yeah. there. It's absurd. On the when flip I think about side, it all my original Final Fantasy VII saves are still on those memory cards. Yeah, they they're not like battery backed no, up. No, they're whatever. just flash. So as long as they don't decay or something, I, I put them into the PlayStation uh, One or PlayStation Three uh, last year, and they're still there. That's so awesome. I had to get, I had to get footage of Eris, uh, the Eris Sephiroth scene. Yeah, and like yeah, there it was still right there. It's pretty awesome when you do go back in your old saves work because yeah. I'll start poking around because I I always play games like with coverage in mind. So when I save games, I always 
save them at a point that's important to grab footage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot that. of times I do that too, even though it's just like, where? What? I'm like, I don't know. But the instant I don't do it is when I'm going to need it. Need that footage, and it'll be interesting to go back and like start going through your saves and be like, this is right before this boss fight, or this is like right before this happens, or whatever. And you can actually go back and like skim through an entire game in like an hour and like go down this like nostalgia trip or whatever mm-hmm. with it. So. Yeah, they're important, but uh, what would you like to see Nintendo add? Voice chat, like, just all that stuff. I mean, obviously parody with the other. Party stuff, yeah. yeah. That's, that's obvious, but. Yeah. I mean, it's like the thing where it's like, yeah, you want it, you expect it, but it's not like you can expect it from Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, they're barely. It's probably never going to happen. Probably not. <laughs> At this point, I think my only real serious request would be, like, uh, N64 games. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that shouldn't be a problem. You'd think. They need to work with the guy who created the Ultra HLE. Yeah. Seriously, though. Yeah. I mean, they should. <laughs> that yeah. guy figured out a way to make uh, N64 ROMs run on hardware and accelerate them and make them look great. So mm-hmm. they should definitely try to work with that dude. People are like, Ultra HLE, what's Shane talking about? It was the first emulator for N64 back yep. in, like, literally, like, 99. Barely, barely worked, but it worked. When it worked, it was mind-blowing, yeah. though. I'll tell you that much. The first time I saw uh, Ocarina of Time running at, like, 720p, yeah. my, with, with anti-aliasing my brain yeah. almost exploded. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, they can look that good? Uh, and Wave Race, like, all of yeah. it, man. It made those games look way, way better. All right, it's time to move on. So last week we talked about... Ancestors of Humankind Odyssey because its developer Patrice Desolates was lashing out at game reviewers saying that they didn't finish the game and reviewed it anyway and he was getting shanked and he wasn't getting his just rewards and blah 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 and we love Patrice but we still said boo to him because that's BS but (coughs) born from that discussion Matt decided to take it upon himself to go and see if Patrice was right and if this game actually is good and all the journalists that panned it are insane. And so Matt went and bought Ancestors and he's been playing it for the last week. What do you think? I wouldn't say the last week. (laughs) Um, Well, I like what it's after. Um, Like it's definitely unique. It's got an interesting angle to it. Um, I will say this. I think I pretty much believe him that people played it 15 hours and stopped. Really? Because so did I. Oh, because it's so bad. It's not bad. It's just tedious. And it's not, man, I wish it looked like this. Like this. <laughs> We're in Resident yeah, Evil 3 now. Jared, I think you got the wrong trailer <laughs> running there, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a big evolutionary leap right there. Well, you went, from, <laughs> you went from surprise the ending to zombies. Yeah. They went full cycle right yeah. there in like 10 seconds. So, <laughs> I get so it, the premise is pretty self-explanatory. You start as a group of of, you know, primitive hominids uh hominins uh, in uh, Africa, you know, like 8 million years ago. Um, and you basically are, you know, you're pretty much monkeys. Yeah. Like it's, it's like you're, you're clearly early proto hominids of you're some kind. You're starting to stand up. You're starting. It's not even standing up. Standing up comes way later. No, I said you're starting to stand up. Yeah. But like, like it, your backbone is starting to. A little bit. It's more the intelligence is finally yeah. starting to develop. And like, like you can stand up as the first 
the first species you can stand up when you're standing still and looking at stuff. Uh-huh. But like there is an actual achievement for standing up, learning to stand upright as your normal cool. mode of motion. I did not get that far. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like not many did. But basically, what you do is you can um, you you look you can hit. It's very obtuse. In matter of fact, it starts with a text thing explaining like where it is and what time in the in the world it is and what evolution is and kind of how what you need to do and what your objective is. And the last thing in the little, the little text thing is good luck. We're not going to help you much. Really? It literally says that. Now it does have apparently more tutorial help than uh, and direction to it than the PC version did when it got reviewed originally. And you can pick a bunch of options that basically like minimal HUD. Oh, yeah, we ma- should have mentioned it's out for consoles. Yeah, minimal now. HUD, yeah. maximal HUD. Um, you can you know you can have this much tutorial, no tutorial. Like there's a bunch of different options there. So I never played the PC version, so I don't know how empty it was. But this was pretty. I mean, I still don't quite know how the health bar works. Um, you have to drink, and you have to eat, and you have to sleep, and that all ties in with your health bar, which is also your stamina bar, which if the, if the stamina runs green to yellow to red, and then if the red runs out, you die. You die. And if you die, you either – sometimes you can, like, get rescued and brought back to your home base, and sometimes you – By to, other – Yeah, presumably other by other by, – by your tribe. Okay. Okay. Uh, or if you don't and you die, you have to switch to another character. And you can switch so back. So it's permadeath, basically. Kind of, yeah. Like, But you do keep, uh, for the most part, the evolutionary upgrades and genetic oh, upgrades okay. you get. That's good. Um, unless, like, the tribe gets wiped out, I think. So I, my tribe never got wiped out. Yeah. But um, so you can kind of see here, like, there's, like, like, a large part of the game is looking around using intelligence, which is the Y button. Uh, and you look, <laughs> you look around. I know some people who could use that see, Y button. You see blank kind of squares at points of interest, uh, and you hold the button, and that square becomes either a question mark or a thing you already know. It becomes labeled as that thing. Okay. And if it's a question mark, you got to go up to it and inspect it, and then you figure out what it's for. And then, as you move out into the into the world. Um, if you get to places that you're not familiar with, it will look scary. Like what happens is like everything gets a little darker and places that you haven't explored or you don't know what they are are full of like glowing red eyes. And, like, Interesting. Teeth and so, like it's basically, huh. it's like it's like a representation of how, of being afraid of the dark. Yeah, almost. yeah. And so the way you get comfortable and, and if that happens, your adrenaline starts to drop and you can panic. If you panic, you lose control of the character and it'll run around being a crazy monkey basically. And um, that's a good way to get killed because you're not paying attention for predators or whatever. So the way you do that, the way you counteract that is you uh, look around when you're in a new area and you identify what all the different things are. And once you have, are aware, okay, this is this bush, this is this food source, this is a tree, this is a branch, the, the character feels more comfortable and you can go to like the center of the new area and claim it for your tribe. And so you're kind of expanding your territory that way. Um, Meanwhile, you are trying to, like, deal with all these monsters, you know, not monsters or predators, but, like, there's tons of things that can hurt you and kill you. Uh, you are much safer in the trees, in fact. Like, the, I like, mean, that makes sense. Running around the trees, <laughs> and there, there isn't, I mean, you can get killed by giant otters in this game. This is a, and I can't be too far up in the trees because there's birds. Giant Wait, birds can kill eagle, you? Eagles can kill you. Remember, eagles were a predator of early hominids in a, in a way that, like, we don't really think of as much. But, like, think about I mean, the eagles back then were bigger than the eagles we have now. And these these animals are, like, three to four feet tall. Right. Like, they were small. We they were, could actually we were, pick up a baby yeah, and we fly were, away with they it. They could pick up a small adult. Like, yeah. we, we, were, we were small enough to be carried away by these birds. That's um, scary. 
there there are actually there are actually some some people who believe uh, that that is partly where the dragon's ability to fly comes from. Oh. That the dragon is a combination of all the predators we were afraid of in our primitive state, and it was it flies because it's it's got eagles in it. It's got teeth of a tiger and claws of a tiger and wolves and like you put all the things we would be afraid of of a snake. You know, it's got yeah, long the scales. You and... put you put all the things together we would have been afraid of back in our most primal state, and you get a dragon. <laughs> Basically, that's crazy. Um, now the weird. So one of the things that like is annoying is um, if one of these things attacks you, you can try to dodge it, but if you don't dodge it, you get hit, and if you get hit, you probably start to bleed, and you will bleed to death if you don't fix the bleeding. And the way you fix the bleeding is there's a particular thing that grows on trees, some kind of fiber, some kind of like I, I called them bleeding pine cones. <laughs> and you crawl up and you get the pine cone, you rub it all over. The character rubs it all over, so the bleeding stops, and you're fine. Um, and then you probably have to find a way to like sleep or eat to like regain some of the health you lost. But um, what happens later? So what happens later? Yeah, how do you evolve? On, how does that happen? Because that's you, the objective of the game. As you do things and, ex- and see things and interact with things and figure out how to use tools and figure out how, like w- how to deal with predators or trick predators or escape from them or whatever, uh, expand your territory. You level up various elements of th- so there's like intelligence. So intelligence is from identifying things and figuring out how to how to work with things. There's uh, mobility, which is kind of about like your ability to to do moves essentially. Like you have to you have it, to learn. My question though is, is it like a gradual thing where I'm you're sort of trying to get to? Here. Oh, like you're you as you do those things, you get little. You see there, like you get like hitting. Like you gotta yeah. you gotta discover a new alteration. There's a new way to do something to something. Um, that also happens when you eat things that you're not equi- like you eat. So like one of the reasons I used I would get attacked by eagles is because I'd go find their their nests and get eggs. But when you first eat eggs, you are not equipped to digest eggs. But if you eat enough eggs, and one of the ways you do this is actually you take a baby with you. You take a child around with you, and they learn by watching what you do. You level up your neurology faster, presumably meaning like the future generation learns from learns the older it, generation. Yeah. And like you will you will. Um, Basically, like so, eventually they'll you will have the option to then get an upgrade that lets you digest eggs or lets you digest mushrooms or etc. And the way you get that is like so once you feel like you've got a bunch of up, you've seen a bunch of upgrade things pop up, you go back to your your home, your tribe location, and you you have to build a bed, build a little bed of, of leaves, and you you lay down and you can sleep, or you can mate. Uh, or you can evolve, basically. And when you go to evolve, you have all these different screens, and it's got basically like a skill tree. And you can use the upgrading your different categories, like intelligence or mobility or uh, digestion or whatever, causes new little points of light to appear there, and then you can spend the neurological energy you got by learning those things to unlock those points. And then to activate those points... This is insane. Activate those points, you have to hold the button down and spend more neurological energy to connect, like, a neuron to that point. So DNA, basically, basically. So basically you have to unlock the skill, and then you have to, like, build a bridge to the skill. Interesting. Um, and then once you do that, you kind of <laughs> lock that in, and future babies born to the tribe will have that built into them. Now, is there a moment of evolution, though, where your character maybe gets bigger and stands up a little straighter? No, because that's not how evolution works. What happens is, is eventually, and I never got to this point, I never evolved through the beyond the first species uh-huh. that I was. Um, 
you will basically move on from this species. A certain number of years will pass because of whatever you've done or whatever you've achieved as that species, and then you will start playing as the next species uh, okay. that you evolve into a million years later or whatever. Okay, that answers it. So on, so but like what I was, so they do try to guide you, like, and maybe that wasn't in the PC version, I don't know, but they do try to guide you as like what you're supposed to do. So they're like, okay, make friends with a with a new ape or a new new uh, hominid. Um, or, you know, discover two places. Or I got stuck on give birth because I couldn't get my damn monkey pregnant. Like, I could, <laughs> like, like she, she was, like, I was playing as one singular hominid most of the time. And you can call the mate, and the mate would come over, and you can mate, and the camera, like, pans away, and you hear, like, hooting noises and yeah. stuff. But nothing, like, she never got pregnant. Like, uh-huh. it never happened. Like, I don't know if I need to switch or whatever. But what I would do is, instead, I was like, okay, I'll just go out and explore. So I'd go out, and I'd find stuff. I was getting pretty far out there. And one of the things that happens is, like, there's jumping in the game, and it's kind of questionable. Um, it do- You can tell the Assassin's Creed influences there, because, like, you're climbing up trees, and, like... Basically, you hold the A button and you run. You you walk, run forward, and you let go of the A button, and it jumps. And, oh, if, and then if you hold the button, that's weird. You hold the button again. Uh, they'll grab like whatever a vine they pass or, or whatever tree they land on or whatever. So they're basically trying um, to give you one button control, sorta. For like each ability, each thing you're doing tends to be like A tends to be mobility, B tends to be vocalization, Y tends to be thinking, and X tends to be um, sniffing, smelling. Okay. Um, you can actually detect a lot of food. You have to learn to detect by smelling it, not looking at it. Right. Like you'll find scents and follow it in, and then you can inspect that and find out. Oh, it's a mango. Okay. Right. Can eat right. That. Um, one of the one of the most epic things in the whole thing was finding a coconut for the first time and trying to figure out how to open the coconut. Like that was that, that was like a day and a half of work to figure out how that worked. Well, you, then that, um, you just answered my my last question about this game. It's very interesting. It is, but, but is it any fun? Do you enjoy playing it sometimes, but not overall? And here's the thing. So here's what happened when I stopped playing. Um, one of the things, well, I'm talking about the jump and, and all that. If you mistime the jump or the jump happens to not charge up as much as you want, you can miss anything, everything you want and land hard on the ground. And if that happens, sometimes you will break your leg. Now, breaking the, your leg basically just means you limp and the, and the, the character like makes whimpering sounds for about like 10 minutes of game time. You got a little thing in the corner that shows a broken, a broken bone and it kind of it unfills. And once it unfills, your leg is fine. Um, but... One of the weird things, like I said, about the bleeding. So what happened is I broke her leg, and I was way out in the middle of nowhere. And after I broke her leg, like something, I think a tiger or something attacked me, and I started bleeding. And I wasn't anywhere near any tree that had the stop the bleeding pine cone on it. And I had to go look for one. And I, she moved so slow with the with the broken leg that eventually she ran out of. I, I finally found one, but before I could get all the way up the tree, she ran out of stamina and died in midair, like flat on the, on the <laughs> in the ground in midair off the tree off the tree. And what happens when? Because I had a baby with me, because you bring the baby to let your neurological learn, stuff yeah. learn up, you know, level up faster. What happens is the baby runs off and hides in a hiding spot, and then you switch to uh, another member of the tribe back at the back at the base. And like ideally, you're supposed to go out and find the lost child. So I'm like, okay. So it switched me to this male, and I'm like, okay. I guess I'll play you now. He was starving, dying of thirst, oh, and geez. and had been awake for like three days. So he was already so, done. Well, no, because it just meant I had to spend some time like eating, eating drinking. And... I'm like, do you guys not do that when I don't control you? Is right. that did I miss part of that? I thought I was supposed to play one character. I'm supposed to switch between everyone and like keep everyone fed. Maybe I didn't, you were. Maybe, I don't know. If that's the case, screw that. 
So I said, okay, I'm <laughs> okay. So I got to go find this kid. So I go out and I go out and I jump to one tree to another. I jump to another tree and then I jump off the branch wrong and I miss the next tree and I land and he breaks his leg. And I just another looked at 10 it. minutes. No, I just looked at it and I was like, no, I'm done. That's I just it. just turned it off. Yeah. And that was it. So I played probably like six hours, six, seven hours. And I Thanks for jumping on the grenade. And I didn't dislike it. Like, I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it or didn't find it interesting. But there was a point at which I'm like, I'm just not going to do this anymore. Yeah. And, like, maybe I'll go back to it eventually. Maybe it would be, it's a fun kind of relaxing game in a lot of ways when you're not being attacked by giant snakes. Um, but, like, like, just looking around and trying to figure out what things do and, like, banging different abilities. You know, because you, you pick up a rock and then eventually you – I mean, you have to learn – how to transfer an item to your other hand. Right. So you or how to bang a rock so against another So then you can pick up another item and... and, like, bang them together and see if they do anything. <laughs> or, like, take put it in your other hand and then you hold it to alter it. And, like, so that's how you, like, one of the first things you do is, like, basically you put a stick in your other hand and you alter it by, go, by running your hand along the stick. And if you do it at the right speed, you can strip the other branches off and now you have a pokey stick. Right. And you yeah. use the pokey stick to lift rocks up <laughs> or stick it into, like, anthills no, and get, like, grubs you. to eat and stuff. So, like, if you're Medics. interested in that kind of thing, like that kind of survivalist sort of thing in terms of also, I mean, the, the science seems pretty solid for the most part and how these, these things behave and, and sort of how it evolves. And, like, it keeps track of, like, if you if you are doing really well, it'll tell you, like, oh, you've actually, this your version of this species has evolved this many years before the real one did. So you're yeah, doing, you're, cool. you're ahead of evolution. There's a little bit of, of history and... Because um, that's the sort of thing. is like history. The fact that you know what you're trying to turn these... Uh, hominids into gives you an evolutionary advantage because evolution doesn't do that. Evolution, yeah, yeah. evolution doesn't care what works best. They care it cares what works works first. There you can see the yeah the um tree there. Yep. So those those glowing ones those are not active yet. You have to you'd have to build the see the 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 neuron bridge. Yeah. You have to build the bridge to them. Okay. And the way you do that is by basically by doing things, doing things in the world, almost anything. Like you can get po- like neurological po- points for like. Dodging a snake and then like a tiger kills it. It's like I there's this one python that kept killing everything I was that was trying to kill me when I'd run past this one particular place where the python lived, and I was just getting tons and tons of evolutionary points <laughs> for luring other other dangerous things to the snake. Ah, um, that's kind of cool. So it's it's fun. It's 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 like that's the thing. It's like it's how much was it? Twenty nine. Oh, like okay. Bucks, I think that sounds right. Yeah, it wasn't like an outlandish. I mean, it's actually kind of a lot of game for the price yeah. when you think about it. If you if you can get past sort of the tedium element of it, and there is a lot of that. I mean, it's like you know, you gotta you gotta go to sleep at night, and then you gotta get up and eat and drink, and like it keeps track of how much you're eating and drinking, and you know, there's like an average for the different days, and it's like, oh, you drank a lot more yesterday than you usually did, and like, it, I don't know what the significance of any of that. Like, that's the thing is like, there's so much. It gives you a lot of information, but I don't know what to do with the information. It's yeah. sort of like one of the ongoing issues that I had with the game. But you uh, think that the and trees it, which is, may be that right. and I could not get that damn uh, female knocked up to move <laughs> on in the freaking objectives. I don't know what happened there. I don't know if there was a fertility period I needed to hit or like if that like, it doesn't communicate very well. And even early on, like you're supposed to bond with another member of the of your tribe or whatever to to get them as your mate, and the way you do that is by grooming. But I was like holding the button down, and like the other the, the guy would just kind of like knock me like like get away from me. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And eventually, it turned out you're supposed to hold the button down until you see a certain point of the animation where she's looking for 
you know ticks or whatever, and and then you let go when you see that part of the animation, and it's a, and then it's a, a successful grooming because uh. if you just hold it down, it just plays the animation and doesn't work. And like you kind of have to figure that out by trial and error. And same with like the alteration. Like if you just hold the button down to alter something, um, and never let it go or let it go too late, like you'll just break the stick. Whereas if you do it at a certain the right time, if you do it too early, that won't affect the stick at all. You have to hit that sort of sweet spot, which is not indicated as far as I can tell by anything other than maybe the animation of the of the character like moving its hands apart. It's just weird. Do you think uh, people who like survival games will like this the most? Maybe people are used to maintaining like five different meters. I mean, that could be, but I think the the controls might frustrate them just because like it's not. I mean, it's not on the level of something like Assassin's Creed in terms of like the reliability of what these but these characters do. are going to do. Yeah, I felt more. I never felt like I got the hang of exactly how far they jump or exactly what I could what jump I could make or what the distance was. And I continually broke their ankles by doing that, and it just slowed the whole thing down. It was it was. I mean, I'm sure I'd get better at it with time, but there was a point which I'm like, I'm six, seven hours into this thing, and I'm still struggling to like walk properly, and I just which is why you agree that maybe some of the journalists did not, in fact, finish the yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I certainly wouldn't hold anything against someone. I mean, maybe if you're if it's your job to review it, yeah, you got to go for you got to push through, dude. You got to get some stuff done. But if you like a regular normal person. Even if you're if you're not reviewing it, you're just part of a game outlet, and you wanted to play this game, so you had an opinion about it, and you tweeted about it. You're not the official reviewer, but you have an opinion about the game because you spent six or seven hours playing this thing, and that's enough time to form an opinion about something. Like, yeah, I can absolutely understand why you decided that you had better things to do with your time after that. Fair enough. All right, it's time to move on to Sony's State of Play, which just launched this morning at like 6 a.m. Pacific. A weird time to put up a video. I guess I wanted to make sure that they were... Uh, there for the East Coast coffee drinkers. Um, Sony State of Play, for those of you who don't know, is basically Sony's take on the Nintendo Direct. It shows new trailers, new games. Uh, it's been the only vehicle for Sony to promote itself pretty much this entire year. Mm-hmm. So we've really had to rely on these presentations to know what is going on in Sony land at all. Uh, this morning's presentation was a pretty big one. Um with some pretty big announcements, to be fair. Uh, some of the stuff that was in this, I was surprised was not held for the Game Awards, but there's also some synergy going on between the two events. Mm. Let's just jump straight into it. Uh, first of all, the Resident Evil 3 remake trailer was shown first here. Mm-hmm. I was very shocked to find out that you know this was shown here instead of at the Game Awards. I thought that was... A given that it was going to be at the Game Awards. I never dreamed a game that big would end up in a state of play. Um, are you surprised by that, that it didn't end up at the Game Awards as a reveal? No. No? I, I felt about right. Why? Well, I don't know. I don't know if they, their hand was forced by the uh, leaks, but uh, I don't know. It's a big deal for Sony. Sony's always been identified as Resident Evil. Uh you think they thought they would reach more people with the state of play or with Probably. the Game Awards? You think so? Yeah. You think I, they will, though? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I, I don't know about that. Because you know what? You only have to freaking watch 10 minutes of this. That's true. This. You yeah, have to watch true. four hours of the Game Awards. I mean, I know they'll break out all the trailers, you know, on that. But on, Slowly. But, like, no, it makes makes sense to it's me. It's really – actually, the way that the Game Awards works is kind of goofy because – or maybe it's intentional, but Jeff lets, like, all the little fan sites get all the traffic off of his content. Mm-hmm. Like, he – maybe they'll do it differently this year, but in years past, they haven't had, like, a team sitting there ready to make the trailers go live after they premiere in the show. So, instead, 
you have all these little YouTube channels that record it and clip them out and get them up first and do a ton of views mm-hmm. off of Jeff's hard work. So I don't know if that's going to change for this year or not, but he would well, he would make he could make a lot of money just off of the ad views from this content. He's just letting other people take it. Maybe he doesn't need it, but um, I'm surprised. I would think that the Game Awards does reach more people. I wouldn't think so. I, like I would say Sony's E3 whatever year press conference reaches more people mm. than the Game Awards, but a state of play, I think Game at, Awards at might initial, be bigger. At the initial broadcast, I don't know about that. Also, like Game Awards gets Ghost of Tsushima. Like that's a bigger. That's a bigger well, get. well, we'll get to that. It, it shared that game. Yeah, I. I'm guessing the biggest share of that game goes to the Game Awards because what they showed here was nothing. Yeah. So. Uh, so Matt, as just Matt just said, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, a new teaser trailer, the first look we've had at the game in year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. And this is all we get is this little 30 second teaser that is to continue yeah. at the Game Awards on Thursday. Um, at the end of this, it says to be continued, and in fact. It is going to be continued at the Game Awards. Mm. The one thing I will say about this, even the, the, with its very brief runtime, I don't know if anyone else in the industry uses color the way Sucker Punch does. Like, oh, this trailer's gorgeous. Sucker Punch is so good at... This at, trailer's at, gold. At, at the fun. last one was red. Yeah. But look at the colors of the of the characters and what they're wearing and like how it contrasts with, with the environment and like it stands out and makes you look at which one is which and who's who's who and who's ranked what. The armor like, and stuff, yeah. Like, they've always done They did that with Sly. They did it with the infamous games. They're always they're some of the best in the industry at using color to tell a story and to stand out and grab your eye. They're really good at that. Yeah, They've never been better than they are in this game so far. Like, I saw Jeff tweeted today that this is going to be one of the longest trailers mm-hmm. at the Game Awards. What do you think this means for Ghost of Tsushima as far as, like, its release date, its platform, stuff I've like that? I've been convinced for a very long time that Ghost of Tsushima is a PS5 launch game. Do you think that at the Game Awards it may, like, at the end of this trailer, bring up the PlayStation 5 logo for the first time ever? No. No. Because the this trailer and it specifically calls out at the beginning that this is actually recorded from a ps4 pro it does yeah okay so they're not talking about that yet okay i thought maybe just imagine if that happened though the trailer finishes <coughs> and you get the first ever tag out for a playstation like the fans would go nuts just oh, yeah, hearing whatever the chime is or jeff whatever. ain't getting that yeah, yeah that's too big he's not getting the ps5 reveal <laughs> that's not happening well it's not a ps5 reveal it's, it's just a logo essentially what that would be yeah I mean, but no this is this they're still calling this a ps4 game Right now, okay. it will be on the PS4, obviously, but I think yeah. it will be at the very least close enough to the PS5 launch that you're gonna be you're gonna be wanting to wait, maybe. Gonna get a release date, you think? Maybe, maybe. We should. Mm. <laughs> like it's time. <laughs> like I my my guess would be you wouldn't get it until uh, E3. Okay. Uh, next, it's possible. I'm not gonna say no. I'd say it's fifty fifty whether we get a release date on Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, next up, Babylon's I think, Fall. I think we might get like a season. Yeah. We might get a like fall Like Q, whatever. Yeah. Q3 2020 or fall 2020 or so. Holiday 2020. Yep. Uh, next up is Babylon's Fall. This is a platinum game being published by Square Enix. This one surprises me that it wasn't a Game Awards thing. We put this on a couple lists over the last 12 months because they showed it a long time ago, kind of. And we haven't. this is the first like mm-hmm. in-engine gameplay we've seen of it. I feel like uh, maybe this comes out is out of nowhere, but like I feel like um, I don't know. I feel like Jeff has a good platinum relationship, 
and like I feel about like, as good as you can have yeah. as a, an American for I, sure. I feel like this was more a surprise that it wouldn't be blown out at the Game Awards rather than um, Resident Evil. Yeah. This feels like a fit for the Game Awards. This is a lower tier game, yeah. As it stands right now, I mean, it could become Game of the Year. Who knows? But I mean, it sure looks like a platinum game. I mean, uh, I mean all you got to do is watch five, like five seconds of this, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's platinum. That was actually going to be my question: Is does platinum do enough to delineate its games? I mean, they have They're a all they kind have of a house style together. Yeah, they definitely have a they have a type. Yeah, sure. I mean, I look at this, and is it really all that different from Astral Chain? Like, there's a different mechanic, obviously, for combat. I mean, but... their differences tend to be kind of little tweaks to how the combat works and the aesthetics of, of the look of the game. Yeah. I mean, I find that a much more aesthetically pleasing look than Astral Chain. Do they need to diversify, though, do you think, Platinum? I think they do. They are what they... No one else is really doing what they do. Except Not anymore. Maybe, except maybe Devil May Cry, and yeah. how often do we get one of those? Yeah, once every five years um, or so. So, like, I think I think the, the, the critique that a Platinum game is very similar to other Platinum games is true, but considering that they're the only ones who really do that, like, maybe that if they can just make that their thing, I think there's room for them to continue doing that. I honestly look at And I say that as someone who is not a huge Platinum fan. Yeah. I honestly, looking at this, wonder if they withheld debuting this game because it does look so similar to Astral Chain. And they're like, hey, we got these two games. They both look kind of the same. Maybe we need to create a little separation between the two of them. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't think I would have thought of Astral Chain if you hadn't mentioned it. Really? Like it doesn't... That's the first thing I thought when I saw this. I I think of um, uh, Near and Scaleborn, Scalebound. What was that called? Scalebound. Scalebound. Yeah. I think of those more than that. I mean, are you saying it because there's like a chain here? There's or... a chain and just the co- I mean, it's the ch- the combat, guess, the art Astral, style. Astral. Oh, I don't see. I don't see any comparison to the art style at all. I think so. It looks like Dark Souls to me. Well, I think the environment um, looks like Dark Souls. I'm just saying, like the colors and the and the aesthetics of the display more than anything. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It just I, don't I don't looked at, at it. All. It looks like, like uh, Astral, Astral Chain has like an anime almost cell shaded look to it. I, I can't see, see what all. these characters look like. Well, yeah, it is very brown. Actually, actually, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Infinity Blade. I mean, it's also weird that is they... Is that what I've called? Infinity Blade? That, the Unreal mobile yeah, game? Yeah, that was a mobile game. Yeah. yeah. The that's, lap, that's what it made the me The iPad think. game. Yeah. It was like the first big iPad game or whatever. Yeah, that's what that's what made, I thought of when I saw that. Uh, yeah, I think it, it just... Uh, you wouldn't have to tell me that's a platinum game. I oh, see yeah, it, I'm like, yeah... <laughs> It's like blatant. It's very bizarre. There aren't many studios like that where you can just see it and immediately know that. Well, they most made of them work for Nintendo. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, are you excited for Babylon's Fall? Uh, no, I'm not. I mean, I'll probably play it, but I've been fighting through Astral Chain, so it's like I'm not ready to play yeah. another game like that at all. Like, I mean, that does look better to me than Astral Chain, but like. I don't know about the mechanics in that yet, as far as, like, what quirks they have to their combat. I like the chain aesthetic from Astral Chain. Like, mm-hmm. I like using it in combat and kind of the opportunities it provides to get a little creative. When I you're just fighting. don't like – I mean, if I was going to play one of the two, I would probably pick Babylon's Fall just because uh, I just – I really don't like the way Astral Chain looks aesthetically. I think like, – visual. I mean, I think it's an impressive achievement technologically on the Switch – I just don't like the anime, the anime style. style to the degree. It's a little off-putting. I mean, all Platinum games are a little anime style, but like that one just went a, goes a little too far over the top for me. Yep. Uh, next up, we finally got the release date for Dreams. It's actually yeah. going to come out February 14th of 2020. So, Valentine's Day. Happy birthday, Day. To, happy birthday Day. to me. Yeah. It's a... Uh, I'll say this, looking watching this trailer, it's pretty freaking amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, there's some impressive stuff going it's, on, even on the early access. It's hard to believe that people created this stuff inside the game. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And the flexibility, like, all the different genres that they're showing, like, it's pretty impressive. Like, I had kind of just put this, I don't know, I guess I cataloged it in the back of my brain because it just kept being delayed, and I'm like, maybe it's just never coming out. No, I mean, the early access has been going and going and going for almost the whole year. Yeah, like, I know. Like, they have... People are making really impressive stuff. Look at I, this. I poke, I poke my nose into it every once in a while just to see what's on there. Yeah. It's, it's really impressive stuff. It is. I, this trailer has kind of changed my perspective on Dreams a lot. Like, I got into the beta, but I still haven't really touched it. Um, I mean, I am useless at making anything, but I play stuff that people make, and it's, it's some of it's really good. It's, this is not a little big planet thing where everything has that same flavor to it. Where it's all like a platformer. Kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, this is people are making wildly disparate. Because even like the stuff in Little Big Planet, where like, hey, I made a pinball machine, like you could still yeah. see that it was really a platformer with like the stuff organized yeah, in a different way. The flexibility of this is just comp- look at that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy, completely different dude. world. It's here. impressive. Uh, I and that wipeout hope- thing they're showing, like that's pretty good. That's like that's, wipeout. That's pretty solid wipeout game. Right yeah, there. I'm a. Uh, I'm and hoping, it can look like that. I'm like hoping the- there are enough people in getting into the community so that it has enough viable content. I mean, so far, it really seems to be already. Because I'm not, not going to create yet. anything. Like. No, but I, I think it's, you know, even more so than a lot of games like this, it's going to be worth it to have it to play with people. Make. Other people's stuff. Yeah. 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 I won't, I probably won't spend my time making anything. Because it's just like, well, also you leave use... it to the people who are going to dedicate the time to learn right. how well, to that's use all, the tools. I mean, they have a very robust sharing system where like, you know, I'm no good with music, but they have a whole library of music and stuff made composed by people things set up like to like handle like you can make tools for other people to use to cover the parts of games that they don't know how to do very well or or feel uncomfortable with and you can just make that you know you're basically it's like a whole community working together to build out a functional engine in which you can make anything yep and so far like i think the most impressive thing about it is it seems to be working yes it does it's a pretty amazing what people are creating, man. Honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're waiting until till it's, like, a little more established and maybe, like, it's launched and has some stuff. Like, I hope Sony really pushes the hell out of this thing because there's an, there's an impressive thing happening here. There's that, a, like, like, stars could be born. Yeah. I mean, let's like be the, honest. And it doesn't have, like, a real equivalent. Like, this, you, can't compare, you can't compare this to, like, Super Mario Maker. No. Like, this is not the same idea. Like, you're... You're, I uh, wish Super Mario Maker was like right. that. I would be I would play it a lot more. Like sure. you're unleashing creativity from for people in a way that like I don't think I've seen anything else do. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Minecraft I, probably. Mine a little bit, but you're still sort of kind of trapped in the building block world of Minecraft, whereas this allows you to go outside the lines in a way yep, that you're not building with bricks. That almost just doesn't make any sense until you really put your hands into it. I think it's too much for the Minecraft crowd, though. Yeah, I, think I don't so. see like a, Although, a bunch you, of those people know, if, coming if you, over. If you grew up with Minecraft, you're probably you know ready to graduate. About ready to. Try. I mean, I'm sure my niece can do something interesting with this. Oh sure, and she's you know because she's been coding and doing stuff for all. I mean, to her, this is probably elementary stuff. But like as soon as you get kind of the the, the tech stuff or the the kind of the math out of the way with something like this, and you just let people interact with it and, and you know be creative, build it and, and make that kind of interface transparent to them. Like you know, you free them up a lot. So. Yep. Don't, don't sleep on this one. Coming folks. soon. Just a couple of months, February 14th, 2020. Uh, next up, our old buddy, Ken Kutaragi, reappeared for the State of Play today to celebrate yeah, they, the 25th anniversary. They let him out of the cell. <laughs> <laughs> of his own creation. <laughs> 
He uh he's aged a lot over the last ten years or so. Yeah. Well, he's not a young man. Really. He's not. But the last time we saw him before he was kind of exiled from the PlayStation brand after the PlayStation Three debacle, <laughs> he uh he's changed a lot since then. Like. I mean, we all age, obviously, but he uh, he seems to have been hit with it a little harder. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was just holding I mean, his age really well. And he's then just, 69. Is he 69? So, yeah. That's he's all pretty good then. Nice. But uh, it was interesting to, if you could see the subtitles for this, it's not that important, but if you could see him, like, he does say a lot of we and us, and, yeah. like, he, like, he's still well, involved. I like the, uh, the title they gave him at the beginning. He's like, it's like former honorary chair of game something right. like that. It was, it was like, wow, that's They're a like, lot of we qualifiers. Gotta, yeah, we got to give him something, but we don't want... Like former honorary? Like, I mean, he's like the father of PlayStation. Yeah, but like, it's they like, should have just written father a, of PlayStation. But if you also you're in like an honorary whatever, does that expire? Like at a certain former? time. Yeah, like, either, now you are no you longer don't need to honorable. Put former on that. Just make him honorary whatever. It's that's like, true. That's bizarre. That's yeah, a good point. Yeah, there it was. Sorry, I missed it again. <laughs> former honorary something or other, chair yeah. of PlayStation brand or something. It's just like, I well, don't think, I, the former felt weird to me. It that. wasn't an acrimonious split. So, I th- I mean, I was just shocked to see him at all. Like, I'm surprised that PlayStation was like, we're going to swallow our pride here and we're going to bring him in. Yeah. So, it's cool to see him again. Uh, it looks like he's doing well. Seems like he's happy and uh, it's good to see. Uh, next, Untitled Goose Game coming to consoles. Um, Obvious. Uh, I mean, we knew this. It had when, to happen. It had to. I mean, it, you'd be an idiot not to release this for consoles. Yeah. Um, you know, probably on a lot of people's hot list for Indie Game of the Year, which I think is asinine, but I'm sure some people will rationalize somehow giving it that award. I wouldn't. I think there's so many good indie games this year. This is just, a, like, the funniest indie game of... Yeah, this is the meme yeah, indie game. Yeah, yeah. And I like I mean, I like it a lot. It's yeah, but... yeah. But it's not, like, a Game of the Year type game. Not in a world with uh, some of the other releases this year. This it is... just Yeah, it's just not going to get it done. Uh, and then the final thing that they showed at the State of Play was Predator Hunting Grounds. Uh, it is coming out April 24th on PC and mm-hmm. PS4. This trailer she- seemed to reveal a female Predator. I didn't. I don't remember seeing that yeah. in the prior trailers. For no, it. no, that's definitely new, and it's really dumb because that's not what female predators look like. But okay. Yeah, this one has boobs. Well, yeah, but like, <laughs> the, I mean, yeah, that's dumb too. But like, the, the, it, I mean, the, the there's like a bunch of expanded universe content for predator stuff, and it's not necessarily canon or whatever. But through most of the existence of the predator franchise, going back to like the novels and whatever. The the female predators are bigger than the males. I mean, in the They're, animal kingdom, that's pretty yeah. typical. I mean, these are clearly not mammals, so they shouldn't have boobs. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, they're supposed... They should just have different organs, Like, the females basically. are supposed to be much bigger, like arthropods tend to be, yeah. like a crab face, whatever. Um, and, like, if you piss one off, like a pissed-off female yautja, that's what they're called, the name of the race, is supposed to be more dangerous than a fully armed male. Oh, like geez. they are like they're mama bears basically they're, right. they're huge and they're not supposed to just be like very slim male predators with boobs tacked onto them. Right, that's, right. that's that's not pretty much what's the, in this game. Yeah. It, well, yeah, that's what that I mean. Sexy predator. Okay, <laughs> like and the, believe me, the predator. You imagine fan, giving her a kiss. The predator fan community is not pleased uh, because they're you know it's not canon, but it's established as a certain thing, and now you're changing it for the sake of. We wouldn't want someone to have to play as a girl predator that doesn't make them hot, right? Like it's just, it's <laughs> dumb. Yeah. But other than that, 
this actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks all right. It looks better than I thought. Yeah, it was gonna look. I mean, it kind of honestly, this is kind of coming down to like how much is this gonna cost? I'm guessing thirty bucks. Yeah, like that's a good. That's okay. I that's, think that's I'll give it a the try. sweet spot there. Yeah, but um, any more than that, forget it. <laughs> I like that one of the one of the early bonuses is uh, holiday is cheer. <laughs> one, of, one of the early bonuses is old painless. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think about this day to play, Matt? What uh, what's your letter grade for it? Pretty, and what and what good. and now that these have kind of replaced PlayStation's whole promotional cycle for the la- the past like nice for the past like eighteen months, do you think that this is working? Uh, it's working better than not showing up to E three. <laughs> I mean, like it's. But do you think the strategy of you know what we're going to stop doing events and we're just going to put out these videos? Do you think that's working for PlayStation? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. Still getting the word out. Yeah, it's better than having going radio silent forever, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's much cheaper than doing events. So oh, why not? Yeah, you probably probably paid like ten grand um, to have this video made. Overall, I'll probably give it like a B, B or a B plus. Like there's a, it's a good lineup. There's some got some new information. I got to see Ghost of Tsushima again. The J Bone Twenty Nine is saying it's been announced as forty bucks. Too much. 40? Too much. Yes, that sound it came out of my yeah, it came out of my throat. It came out of my <laughs> yeah, people were asking if you made that predator sound, and yes, it absolutely was Matt. Yep. <laughs> I That's can't really do good. it now. Like it, it, I can only good. go. I used to do that because I used to be able to do it louder. If I if I have more water, I can do it louder. And I used to go sneak up behind Adam Sessler's cube <laughs> and do it from the corner. It would freak the hell out of him every single That's time. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, because remember, remember, the Predator is voiced by the guy who voiced Optimus Prime. Yeah. One thing I will say about these state of plays is that it, they completely lack the human touch. And That's true. Say what you want about you know pre-produced videos being cheaper and reaching just as many people there is a difference in the human touch it, having humans involved in something yeah. make, it's just and like they're, look they're at, trying to get the narrator to like do that she's like it's like, it's like that looks really cool i'm like i don't know really, just yeah, shut up lady just re, it's reading from the <laughs> script here i know that yeah but like you look at youtube that's why all the thumbnails on youtube have people making goofy faces because it's been proven over and over again People are more likely to click on something with a human right. face. Um, and so I do feel like they've lost some personality uh, through the state of place. But I think that that was a pretty good one, man. That's yeah. B plus, A minus, yeah. something like that. They should bring back Tilda, yeah. the uh, <laughs> digital host from Tech TV. But honestly, I wouldn't mind if they brought a host into these just to give them a little bit of personality. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't know who you'd get to Yeah, do now that, that really. Layden's gone yeah. and, I mean, their new st- – president isn't gonna i mean do i it. guess you just have like carboni come in or something like, <laughs> i mean he does everything else why not yeah I mean, he did playstation for a long time right? yeah he did like their stage shows and stuff yeah yeah he's uh been working with them for a while so there you go stay to play probably the last peep you're gonna get from playstation <clears throat> for the rest of this year and maybe for a little bit into next year after yeah. the we'll game get some ghost of tsushima at, uh, on thursday but yeah big trailer for ghost of tsushima and then that'll kind of close the book on playstation for 2019 all right, it's time for our trailer of the week. We have so many great trailers in the show. It was kind of hard to find one, uh, but across the weekend, I know we can look at our numbers and we can see that a lot of you guys don't come to Sifted on the weekends. At least the traffic for us is generally down, and I think that's pretty accurate for most websites. Uh, but over the weekend, a bunch of Tekken 7 news broke. Uh, they unveiled three characters coming to Tekken 7. Two of them were old characters that are being revived for Tekken 7, uh, but there was one brand new one, and I'm probably going to completely butcher this pronunciation. Fakumron, uh, I think is how you say it, is the new character for Tekken 7 and for Tekken in general. He's a brand new character. He is a Muay Thai master. 
Get those questions in the chat right now. Let's check it out. Basically, Tekken's Sagat. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Although, I don't know, he seems a lot bigger in the cutscene than <laughs> he does like, in the actual He's like gameplay. four feet taller in the cutscene. Then they cut the gameplay and they're the exact same height. Yeah. I noticed some people in our chat picked up on that as well. <laughs> uh, you guys are smart. I knew that already, though. Uh, let's get to some questions before we head off into the night. Uh, let's also thank people for uh, Twitch Prime. Oh, there's a bunch. Uh, Ultimate Villain cheered. Thank you. Are you also su subscribe via Twitch Prime. Thank you. Uh, I don't want to go up too far. Uh, Justin Horman. Thank you. 30 months, bro. That's freaking awesome. 30 month streak. You the man. And there's my head with the emojis. Um, thanks for the cheer as well, Justin Horman. Uh, what else? Furax75. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, thanks for the cheer as well. Um... Magister Cotto, thank you for Twitch Prime. 
So it looks like if you're subscribing now, you're also getting a cheer reward as well. It's mm-hmm. insane. Like Twitch is insane. I get emails every day where they're like, we just added this new thing. Go check it out. It's like, bro, I don't have time to check out all the stuff you're adding. Like there's supposed to be all these new emotes in here now too for, I don't even know. It's crazy. Uh, Mega Drive guy, thank you. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Nib Dibbler, thank you. I love your name. It's hilarious. And I think that's it for the end here. All right, let's get to some questions because we are running out of time. Uh, Justin Horman, what's the best game announcement reveal you can recall from a game award show? Hmm. Um, that's tough because, like, all the original award most shows. Most award shows don't do that. They, yeah, they so. weren't, like, this cavalcade of exclusives. I right. mean, it's basically Jeff is just leveraging what he's been doing for a long time into his award show with this. Yeah, or he's really leveraging an award show as a reason to do a premiere special. That could be, too. That's really what this is. Or I mean, you can game, look at it either way. The game awards are advertainment. They're, yeah. they're there for the commercials. If the, if the commercials and the and the... The premieres go away, so do the Game Awards. Well, it's like uh, the Super Bowl for people who hate football. Uh, I would say that's E3, but uh, this is more like the MTV Movie Awards. Like, no one really cares about the awards, but you're sort of there for the spectacle. Well, I was just saying, like, people are just showing up to watch the commercials at the Super Bowl if they don't care about football. Except the commercials are the show in this case. Yeah. Because I count a trailer as a commercial. Like, yeah, know, yeah, well, it is. is I mean, they're made to advertise the product. Uh, so to answer your question, the best anymore. game announcement reveal, I mean, it's probably something from the Game Awards because it probably. just I didn't, didn't happen really. I mean, they, they showed uh, – that one year they showed um, uh, Breath of the Wild. They did that, like, video with Miyamoto playing it. with. That's uh, probably the biggest yeah. one from the Game Awards where he's just sitting there yeah, and they're, the, de- the TV's playing with yeah. the game, but it's not actually showing you the game full screen. Yeah, yeah. that was that's probably the most, like, notable. Yeah, thing. that's the heaviest, I think, exclusive he's ever had, yeah. for sure. Biggest hitter. Uh, Sign Tyke, I believe that's how I say it. Uh, re- Cinetic? Or Cinetyke, yeah, or Cinetic. Regarding Sony exclusives on PC, I think it's great, since if someone hasn't bought the game on the console after a few years after launch, Sony lost a sale on the console and only gained if it sells on PC. But does that affect the appeal of backwards compatibility on PS5 or PS6 when deciding to buy a console if you know you cannot buy it and play the exclusive, or if you know you can, wait, that doesn't make sense. If you know you cannot buy it and play the exclusives on PC eventually. Oh, meaning pass on Mm. buying it and then buy it later for PC. Got it. Um, we kind of discussed this. Yeah, although he's talking we, about he's talking about the next generation changeover yeah. from PS5 to PS6. I am never going to want to wait nine months to a year to play a PlayStation game I want to play. So yeah, I mean, I could wait eight or nine months to play some of them, but yeah. there are some no way. But I'm not waiting no long for Horizon Three, no, you know, like or the next or God of War, God of War or Spider-Man, or whatever. or whatever. No, like I I want to play those right away. Yeah, like Days Gone, I could probably survive yeah, I, eight or nine mm-hmm. months waiting to play that. There's just too many good first-party Sony games to wait for PC for me. I mean, yeah. you're you're really. I mean, I think if you're doing that delay thing on on PC releases, you're really just aiming for the people who will not play anything on a console. And to answer his question, though, does it affect the appeal of backwards compatibility? Um, not really. I don't see how it would influence that at all. No. I mean, there's they're going to be old games no matter what. Except instead of being five months old, maybe they're 12 months old. Uh, There's still an old game that you miss that you would like to play eventually, Mm -hmm. if you get around to it. You still want to have the ability to play that game if at all possible. 
Uh, but I don't think releasing them on PC will affect that at all because it's just when you start talking about backwards compatibility and stuff like Game Pass, it's a numbers game. It's not that there's this one game there. It's that there are all these games there. And I feel Mm -hmm. like backwards compatibility is kind of in that same sort of arena. Where it's not just about that one yeah. thing. It's more about being able to say, like, oh, I can play all these things. All these have, games, yeah. Even if you don't ever do right. that. Which I don't. Yeah, I mean, I do. <laughs> I Certainly on the Xbox One, I've played more backwards compatible stuff than I have on probably any other platform ever. Um, just like, because, like, you know, I played through Red Dead Redemption 1 again. I played the old Gears games. I played yeah. Fable. I played, you know, it's, it's, it's got better stuff to go back to. Also, the stuff to go back to is better than what's being put out currently That's on that platform. True, so, yeah. you know, would I do I want to play, you know, another lackluster Crackdown game, or would I rather go back and play Crackdown One again? Yeah, three guesses. Yep, I'm glad uh, the backwards compatibility exists because I like the concept of it and the idea yeah. of it, but I never use it. Like I I'm, use it if I'm it, glad I have a PS3 fat, but I think I've actually used the backwards compatibility on it like five I mean, times. In ever. that case, backwards compatibility is valuable to me because it doesn't have, means I don't have to hook another system up. Yeah, and that does make a difference. Yeah. Um, which is actually more useful for game capture than for anything else, yeah. like uh, leisure. Uh, but for like something like, I tell you, the, I, I am much more likely to play a backwards compatible game if you make it perform better on the new platform. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, certainly it's why I played through Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2 again when those went, went live for backwards compatibility. Yeah. Like, that makes a huge difference. Yep. So, yeah. I think, um, did Johnny Hurricane have a question up here? Or maybe it's slower. I'm all discombobulated. Uh, Eth Demon, what company developer do you think had the biggest resurgence this gen? I think Square Enix. Nintendo. Yeah. Not even close. Wii U to the Switch. Like it's, think it's about just, it. How can you say anyone else? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it is night and day. Look, some people don't care about Nintendo's games, so it, maybe right. Eth Demon doesn't, and I could get why he'd pick something else. But, but even from like an objective sales perspective, it's, like yeah. it's just a complete turnaround. It's unreal. Like, there's, no, yeah. there's no comparison. Yep. They flipped that flop real quick. Uh, here's Johnny Hurricane. Am I just being cynical for thinking that Resident Evil Resistance is going to end up being a replacement for Mercs in RE3? I know we haven't seen much of anything on RE3, but the RE2 post game was pretty bleh. Also, Matt, don't know if you care or not, but the female monkeys can only have two kids per generation. That female might have already been tapped out. <laughs> well, I've been playing as that that one he said character. Tapped out. I've been playing as that one character the entire time, and she did not have any babies. So I don't okay. know where that. What, what, I don't know how that would have happened, but you know. I just like his use of words there. Tapped out. <laughs> uh, yes, I think it is a replacement for Mercs. They're not going to have Mercs and uh, and Resistance. I don't think in the same game. So yeah, I would look at it that way. I mean, it's you said the, yourself. The post game content for RE2 is pretty much crap, and it was. Um, so this is an upgrade to me. I thought Project Resistance was honestly going to be a standalone game that would sell for 30 or 40 bucks and it would just go off into obscurity. This is a much better idea to roll it into Resident Evil 3. Uh, I think it could only increase sales of Resident Evil 3. And when you think about it, it makes sense for it to be a part of the Resident Evil package or Resident Evil 3 package because of the character that stars in it. So. Mm-hmm. It's uh, although apparently it's not really him. He's like a robot, or I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I think it makes perfect sense. But I do think that yeah, I think the Mercs mode uh, that we've seen in prior Resident Evil games is probably not going to be there. Um, Vincent, did either of you watch the Nintendo Indie World presentation? I know I want to shout out Sports Guy Golf Story sequel. That's pretty cool. And Nintendo was treating Axiom Verge two as big, even though it's a year away. I saw the Axiom Verge two trailer. 
I didn't. I heard about Sports Story, but I didn't see anything. So what is it? Golf Story just with all sports? Well, instead yeah, of it seems like golf? an expanded Golf Story. That's cool. That's a golf story is a great golf game. Golf story is really good. Absolutely, um, Axiom, Axiom Verge, Verge is, really is good. a good game too. Um, and is that a Switch exclusive now? Axiom Verge two, uh, timed exclusive. I'm guessing. I don't. It didn't say. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me though. Wouldn't either. Nintendo's pretty good at money hatting indies. Um, yeah, I didn't watch the presentation though. I just ended up watching the stuff afterwards. I was too busy getting uh, doing pre production for Game Face, unfortunately. Um, Congrim won. Will there be Game of the Year polls for the user's choice on the site? Yes, there absolutely will be. Uh, look for that in the next few days on the site. Um, and you can all go and vote. It, people always get pissy about it, though, because no matter how many games we include for them to choose from, inevitably, we're going to leave some game off the list that somebody thinks is mm-hmm. the Game of the Year. I'm going to do my best. Like I'm going to base. I'm probably going to go to Metacritic and just include like the 25 highest scoring games from 2019. And then you guys can pick from those. If, if your game is outside the top 25, it's just you that likes the game that much. <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you, but that's just the way it is. Um, bold announcement predictions for the Game Awards. We kind of did that already. Mm. I mean, do you have any predictions where you think they're going to blow yeah. the doors off on something or anything? No, I don't think. I mean, the Breath of the Wild 2 gameplay debut is not out of the question. That would, would do it. That would that's be a about, big deal. About, about it. Yep. I mean, I'm excited to see Batman finally. Yeah. It's been a while since a Batman. Yeah, too long. Been not, a long time since a good one. Yeah. Not Cirque, what's your favorite video game holiday tradition? Mine is going to my cousin's house to trade new and old video games. That's cool. I don't know if I really have any of that. I, I guess, like, when all the presents are opened and everybody settles in with their games to just sort of, like, play, like, especially with the handheld kids, all have the handheld things in their own screens, so everybody's sort of playing games in the same room together. That's nice. Yeah. But, like, yeah, there's not a lot of gaming in my... On, on Christmas, really. It's like, the whole when Christmas I was a kid, holiday. When I was a kid, it used to be more like, oh, everything's in Christmas. We go to my grandma's and do all of that. And then you get home at night. And all and you, you do is dinner, play your game. Eat dinner, and then you go upstairs, and it's all warm and nice. You play. You finally get to sit down with whatever Game Gear game I got or whatever yep. and play that. That's, that, was, that was nice. But that's been, been a long time since then. Mm-hmm. I typically completely disconnect over the holidays because I am so connected the other 50-plus weeks out of the year that I just feel like I need a break to get away from it all. Uh, so I don't I don't really go online much. Like, once I leave on, like, the 17th, I think, yeah, the 17th, you won't see me online very much until the next year rolls around. Like, we have a bunch of content that's rolling out on the site and our Patreon while I'm gone, but that's all being set up and pre-scheduled. I don't have to mess with that. Like, it'll all go up on its own when it's supposed to. So I typically disconnect, but if there's any gaming thing I consistently do over the holidays, um, Christmas Day, we always go to my aunt and uncle's house, and they have like five kids. And they're all now in their 20s, and they're in college or whatever, but they always get tons of game stuff for the holidays, and they'll either ask my opinion on the stuff that they just got, or sometimes we'll actually go and play. Like I've told the story before, I had the cousin who was like four, and his hands were like this big, and he was playing Battlefield on a PC. And his little hands were so small, he couldn't just leave his hand in a place and play. Hmm. He had to move his hand. I just remember watching his little hands scurry all over. The, it was one of the most mind-blowing things I've ever seen. And he just dominated. Like, literally, these grown men on the mic going, Ah, oh, you blah, blah, blah. His kid's like four. And he's just <laughs> owning all of them. So I get a little bit of gaming on that day, but otherwise, not much. Like, most of my friends who live in central Pennsylvania, they're not big-time gamers. They'll have systems, but... When we go there, like, we haven't seen each other for, like, a year, so we don't really play a lot of games. We just hang out and have a couple beers and stuff like that. 
Let's see if we got one more. Goji Go Go. Do you think Sony releasing games on other platforms is something like a Trojan horror stealing company secrets, like a ninja, if you will? No. No, I don't, I don't really understand what that means. I think he's saying if Sony somehow gets mixed up in the development environments of multi-platform games that somehow it will discover some kind of trade secrets or something. I don't know. No, That's the only way I can read it. All right, since we can't answer that one, we'll answer one more if there is one. Uh, last one. One Supermaster Gamer. Matt, will you go see The Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> Have you met me? I'm going to, actually. I I'm... just coordinated with my friend in central Pennsylvania last night. I am going to see it on the day after Christmas. I have my tickets for Thursday. Had them for day one. two months. Yeah. I can't, like, I'm traveling, and then I get there, and I have stuff, like, the whole first weekend I'm there. And then I got to shop, and then Christmas is Wednesday, and so I'm going to see it with a crew of friends on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And if nothing will be spoiled by then, so I should I mean, I'll it. probably, if, if I like it, I'll probably see it again a couple times over Christmas with other people. I may end up seeing it with, like, they got, my, my wife's side of the family, they don't like to do a lot other than go to movies. So sometimes mm-hmm. I end up going to see films that I really have no interest in seeing. Well, this so year, this year, maybe I'll just be like, hey, I no, haven't seen Star Wars yet. No, this year, they're going to make you go see Cats. It might happen. <laughs> it's going to be a Cats Christmas, everybody. It could happen. All right, we got to put the- I'm going to end up seeing Cats at some point. Are you? I, I guarantee you because I, I know my friends up there and there's, there's a certain group that will want to see Star Wars, but there's another group that's going to want to see Cats. They would have to drag my cold, dead body into the theater before I saw Cats. I spent one Christmas watching The Spirit. Nothing can be worse than that. <laughs> I will watch whatever the hell you want because I have been through The Spirit. Okay. All right, well, that, that's it. We're going to put a cap on uh, episode 194. Uh, if you guys joined late, a couple notes uh, off the top that I wanted to bring up. Uh, first of all, if you have been a patron through the year and you have not got all your Patreon rewards, like your stickers or your shirt, Send me a DM either on Patreon or through Sifted at Shane, and we will get that stuff out to you. Patreon system for dispersing that stuff is abysmal. I've been doing the best I can, but I'm sure a few of you slipped through the cracks. We want to get you that stuff, uh, so reach out to me, and we'll make sure that we get it to you. Um, just one more episode of Game Face left for Was there a giveaway. Oh, touche. We do have a giveaway. I'm glad you looked at the rundown. Well, you mentioned the Patreon rewards, and you said that right around the time you mentioned the giveaway. That's right. We do. We actually have two giveaways for today. Um, One of them's a pretty big deal. So the first one is a Stadia Buddy Pass. So basically, you get Google Stadia for free. Is it three months I think the Buddy Pass is good for? I don't know. You get it for three months. But here's the thing, people. Don't take part in this if you, like, have a crappy internet connection and you can't use Stadia. I know we always caveat caveats with these, but we want to make sure that we get this stuff to people who can actually use it and enjoy it. Um, and this Stadia Buddy Pass is a pretty is a pretty big deal. So we're going to do, as usual, we're going to do a quick little quiz. And the first person to get the answer correct into the chat will get it. Don't answer again if you have a crappy internet connection and you're not going to be able to use Stadia. So for our first giveaway... For the Buddy Pass for Google Stadia. This is actually a double question. Hmm. Well, it's one question with two answers. What are the two companies that Sony purchased to build PlayStation Now? Go. Who's going to be first? Got to get to the bottom of the chat here first. Hmm. I actually only know one of them. I don't remember what the other one was. 
Nobody's got it yet. There it is. There it is. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Emperor Dread. God, he, look, he just barely beat everybody else. Except the, except Justin called it on dead. <laughs> Instead more of accurate, online. More accurate. Really. <laughs> yep. Emperor Dread, you got it, buddy. Send us a uh, – you can send me a DM. I don't know if you're on Sifted or not. You can send me a DM there. You can send us a DM here on yeah. Twitch. On and, live was the one I forgot. Yeah. And uh, I'll get the code to you. Okay. We have one more giveaway, and it is for Shadow of the Tomb Raider on PC, the full game. Um, I'd rather have that than Google Stadia. Would you? Yeah. I mean, can't you play Shadow of the Tomb Raider on Google Stadia? Yeah, but I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather play it on local hardware. Uh, this one will be easy. All right. And again, this is for PC. So if you don't have a gaming PC, don't take the code and go sell it on GOG or something. What is it, like uh, Steam? or? Yeah, it's a P- Steam. Yeah. So only participate if you're going to play the game. Are you guys ready? All right. First one to get the chat or get the, the answer in the chat wins. What, and this is an easy one, what is the first name of Lara's father? Yeah, I would hope Tomb Raider's 11 already owns the game. Come on. <laughs> Who's got it? Now, this is taking so slow, somebody could have Googled it. <laughs> George? John Voight. John, yeah, that's true. Good, good, good reference. Bob Croft. I'd be, in, I'd be down for Bob Croft. <laughs> Nothing yet. I don't know. They're coming in so fast. Oh gosh, it's like a ton of them just came up. I mean, there's okay. There's one. Yeah, it looks like that's the winner. There's actually it's actually two words, but Lynn Jeff ninety nine is close enough. Richard Croft. It's actually Richard James Croft, but I'll take just Richard because you guys were struggling. <laughs> I don't know why it took so long. You have Google guys, but yeah, that's it. Lynn Jeff ninety nine, you win a PC version of Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Merry Christmas. In the original continuity, his name was Henshingly. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. I just looked it up. Yeah. So I, didn't, I didn't know his name. I've always known him as Richard either. James, so there you go. It is in the current. Yeah. So, again, send me a DM either here or on Sifted. Whatever works best for you, we'll get the code out to you. Uh, also, a reminder that we're doing the uh, the loot box giveaway. We have six loot boxes to give away. Uh, it's too late now to up your pledge. I didn't look like anybody did up their pledge for it, but whatever. You guys have been along for the ride all year. Uh, one thing I will bring up is because we haven't given out a crate for a few months and these have been stockpiling, we are going to include people who pledged at any point at that amount. So if you pledged three months ago at that amount and then you couldn't keep that pledge and you dropped it or whatever, you're still going to be eligible for one of these crates. So anybody who pledged at that level for the last three months will be eligible. And I'll be putting up a separate video handing those out probably in the next few days. So I think that's it. 
It's our last regular episode of Game Face for 2019. Hope you had a good time. We'll be back next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern for our Game of the Year Awards and a wrap-up of the Game Awards. We'll see you then. Have a good night. Game Face is up and out. We'll be right back.